Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Valverde. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. Kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. to get into the goo, drop the knowledge to help you guys win your week in the matchups for week 16. We're calling this show Gleam in week 16, and I got my guy here to the left, Hootie. I got across the way from me, Stag Party, I'm D-Rex, we are Pyromaniac.com. Thanks fellas for holding the fort down last week and doing that uh, show without me. Um, hate not being there, but I appreciate it. Listen to that one. It was full of a lot of gooeyness. Um, so exciting. Can't believe it. Second to last week of the NFL season. The last week, if you're doing it right, for fantasy football. You, If you are listening right now and you're about to head into your championship, this show is going to give you everything you need to bring home the bacon, hoist the hardware, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're here for you all season and off season. All for this. This it all comes down to this. What's up, dudes? So wait, we're, we're calling this gleam or gleam? Gleam, gleam, like shine. Be a, be a. What, now, do you, if you remember, was it was Marty Schottenheimer when he was with the Chiefs? There's like a whole thing. Got to have that. I, I can't remember if it was gleam or gleam that he was saying. I, what is, I don't even know what gleam is. So I bet you it's gleam. Gleam was that, that shimmering, like, like you gotta get that clean. So he's like, you gotta get that sparkle. He's like, you gotta get that clean. Gotta get that clean today. I'll, I'll find that for he's you. A, at some he's, point. he's a weirdo, but um, I do miss that guy. One of the nicer coaches that actually got. Last time, didn't he? He had a great season the last time he got fired. He was like 12 and. 12. Lost two games, I did. Yeah, yeah, 14 games. and 12. <laughs> 14 and 2, and then it's canned and hasn't been a coach in the league since. Um, well. You guys know we'll be talking about a lot of peripheral stuff, and we'll be talking a little bit, probably, I, I'll try not to, or keep it at, at, at a lower level, but 
had a lot of game. We all had a lot of playoff games uh, this week, so we can talk about our leagues a little bit. Uh, you got it? Play. I got it. I got it. So you're going to be a commercial first? I don't know. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Gleam. Let's get the gleam, huh? Let's go. <laughs> That's awesome. That's I love that you I, I was wrong, but it was actually who was with the Browns at that time. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, as usual, we'll be doing these off of NFL.com. Hit uh, schedule, and you're going to be going off a of week 16. Good times. Obviously, no bye weeks happening. Uh, the first game, Thursday night game, which is actually on December 22nd, Giants at the Eagles. Interdivision game. I think those guys played, what, two weeks ago? Um a week and a half ago. Uh, what's what are, you, what are you guys expecting from the Giants side of the ball? And bring it to me. Well, the Giants are, are on a roll right now. So the Eagles are on a roll as well, but rolling the other way. <laughs> uh, rolling downhill? <laughs> yeah, rolling quickly downhill. Um, I, I, I like for Beckham to have a better game this week. Uh, I think that he should be able to, to find some... Uh, uh, exploit some some big opportunities. Yeah. How how can he have a better game than that one-handed catch and then that free four-yard catch? He was awarded to pretty much start off the game that bounced in between his legs. How can you do better than that? Yeah, well, that was that was weird. That was weird. Because how, how was that not reviewed? He's also it's four yards. <laughs> that also on top of the, the week before with the two glaring drops, right? Yeah. So he has a lot to make up for. This is a team that is expecting to be in the playoffs, and they've the only team that has. has uh, Knocked Dallas backward uh, two times, so uh, they have all the momentum going. And as far as what's going on with the running game, this is one of those ones where it's like if you ever thought that Paul Perkins was going to eventually help you out, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. They are continually still giving him uh, only about a third of the carries out of the backfield. Rashad Jennings is still the guy there, so that's real troublesome. Yeah, I'm just avoiding this run game if I can afford it. You know, that's not really how they're playing to attack. Uh, the Eagles, they're, they're probably going to go with more of an aerial assault. So it should mean good things for Beckham. And then we saw Sterling Shepard catch another touchdown. He's been very involved in the red zone. So I sort of like him uh, and his ability to catch touchdowns and sort of separate in the end zone. We know who Odell is. The rest of these players, though, you really can't trust, you know, Victor Cruz or Will Ty at this point in the season. Um, especially with the tough matchup by Philadelphia for the tight ends. And then, so the question is, is it Eli Manning? Can you trust Eli Manning at this point in the season? And I don't think so. He, he's just looked so bad uh, so often, just missing throws. He makes Odell make difficult catches at pretty much every time he tries to catch the ball. <laughs> but it, Eli's just been bad this season. I can't trust him coming playoff time. No, I, I agree with you there because what's been really catapulting the Giants has been their defense. You know, that secondary that they have is is almost up there with Denver. Uh, you know, they're getting pressure out of that out of their front seven and doing it without JPP. Uh, Oliver uh, Vernon has been ridiculous. So that's where it is. Manning is just basically kind of have to be he's a glorified game manager at this point in time right now. Yeah, and the thing about that is you're looking at it and how are they going to perform without probably their best corner and maybe their most pivotal sort of player on defense in, you know, Janoris Jenkins, who suffered a gruesome-looking injury, and they had to test him for internal damage early in the week 
everything looks okay there, but with the short turnaround to a Thursday game, he's doubtful at best. Like, you don't think this guy's going to play, and he's one of those lockdown corners that's been able to do it so so far all season. But do you need him in this matchup? I mean, the thing is, who would he really lock down? Nelson Aguilar who would lock down himself? (laughs) That's the point. Yeah, I, I I get your point. Uh, yeah, so you're worried about the pressure coming from there, and especially if they run those exotic sort of blitz packages that they threw at Dak. That's something that's likely to happen again. So I, I like the Giants' defense to roll here. And you know, flipping over to the other side to talk about the Eagles, I don't really want to play any of them. I mean, Zach Ertz is probably the best play of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at it, you know, he's averaging over 10 targets a game since week 12, highly involved. And what they give up to opposing tight ends, the Giants, they are not good against the position uh, where they give up the 13th most fantasy points. But it, but if you adjust that for their schedule, it's even worse. They, they are not good against opposing tight ends. So that's something you know you can exploit. Zach Ertz also owns the month of December. I, I just don't get it to where how he plays so much better in this month than he does any other month. He pretty much doubles his November production in this month. It's, if you look at the month by month splits, it's insanity. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that guy's been picked up and dropped by, but then more more times than any other player. And, at the tight end position this year in fantasy football, but just know have him have him down the stretch because it just becomes target city no matter who the quarterback is. Um, anything else? I kind of agree. Aguilar, you're not doing anything with. You're not doing anything with uh, Green Beckham. I mean, Matthews. Jordan Matthews is a safe play. He seems to get five catches every week. Yeah, but at the same time, if you're looking for anyone that's going to give you a real impact, I mean, the guy who was the surprise impact player last week was Ryan Matthews who runs for 128 yards and a touchdown against Baltimore. You know, who saw that coming? So, at this point in time, he does pretty much have fresh legs because they benched him for, for how long? So, maybe he's the only guy that I would maybe consider as, as a, a, another play on this team. But even if I'm going to play a Jordan Matthews, I'm just not... What Eagle player has given you, like, that 40-point performance on the year? It's just ever- Ryan Matthews. But if you're looking for a guy to get you, you know, 12 points in a PPR league as your wide receiver three, Jordan Matthews is that guy on this team. Uh, and then looking at Ryan Matthews, he's also going to have Darren Sproles back in the mix, uh, who's coming back from that concussion protocol. If you look at how the Giants can stuff the run, you know, with their defensive front, maybe it's more of a Sproles game to where Ryan Matthews, you know, it was more of a flex play this week. You know, even after seeing you know that dominant performance, we've also seen the rug taken out from under him by Doug Peterson multiple times this season, coming off big games to where they'll just give it to the other backs. Uh, you know, now Wendell Smallwood's on IR. Kenyon Barner is now in the concussion protocol, so it just looks like it's going to be these two backs and then the guy they added off the practice squad, Byron Marshall. But yeah, I think they're flex plays at best just because they should eat into each other and we can't trust this coaching staff and we've seen evidence of that all season long. Cool. Well, before we get to the next game, let's do a quick pyro promo. Do us a favor and give us a review and a rating on iTunes or whichever platform you happen to listen to the pyro podcast on. If you haven't subscribed on that platform, please do so. It'll automat- The shows will automatically get pushed to you whenever we put them out. I think it's a good way for you to not have to come to our website or go to a player and play it. So please do that. It helps our stature. 
share it with a friend. It, it, now that the season's over and we do it all year round, if you've got a buddy that you know loves fantasy football, do your boys here at Pyro a favor and just tell them about us. If he's in your league, I get it. You don't want to give him the give him the four one one to whoop your ass next season. But please, just help us get more exposure. Help us get more listenership. Uh, that is the gift that you could give to your boys here at Pyro for Christmas. All right, first game on Saturday. On Saturday, there's uh, how many games? A lot of them. Twelve. Jesus. It's pretty much oh. the entire slate. Jesus. Because of Christmas. That is nuts. So you only got two games on Christmas. Yep, two games on Christmas. Wow. Lots of NBA, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah, the NBA. It's a great NBA. I mean, that's a, that is a good day for basketball. That's pretty much, I used to be the biggest that, NBA fan ever, and that's pretty much the only day I really watch NBA anymore. Three great, always like, maybe it's four, but no, we have four games. That's yeah. what I'm really going to start diving into it, you know, when I can decompress all football season, I can finally start paying more attention. They're already like 33% of the way through. It's a little late to catch up, but I'm going to have to do it. Uh, well, yeah. speaking of NBA, did you hear about Gabriel Union or whatever? Uh, Wade's, our Chicago Bulls talk. Wade's uh, wife or girlfriend. I guess Jimmy Butler was trying to uh, hook him up with a Bulls fan, sliding uh, Wade into some DMs with some hottie. <laughs> uh, and Gabriel Union or whatever her name is found out about it. She's basically like, Jimmy Buckets ain't allowed at our house. <laughs> like, I, don't, I know you're teammates with him and you're trying to give him tutelage and being a mentor, but fuck that guy. <laughs> trying to get your cock all dirty with these other little groupies. I'm not going to let it happen. All right, let's go to the Dolphins. Yeah, Anders will do a, uh, a, a Dalton from, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Major League? House? No, Major League. And she'll Pull hard out. And, uh, or Dorn, it was Dorn. Oh, and, she, okay. and she'll sleep with him with Jimmy Buckets instead. Oh, oh Roger Dorn, yeah. I got what you're going with. I like what Jimmy's doing. Jimmy's reversed, <laughs> See? My, he's, See? He's reversed my Jedi mind tricking on that shit. Well done, Buckets. All right, let's go to the Dolphins at the Bills. Wow, that is crazy. I thought I was going to get like a lot of work done on Saturday, and now I'm not going to get shit. No, I, I'm going to have I'm going to have family plans on Saturday, thinking that oh I got I, everyone I, I'm replanning that one. Sorry, I'm not going out to lunch. This is yeah, Drake's lock on Saturday this week, so I pretty much have to treat it like a Sunday. It's just it's just a little bit different, and I think it's like that again next weekend too, isn't it? Um, you're gonna have some Saturday games, but there's no Monday game next week. Is it not because of New Year's? Yeah, yeah. They oh, can't have right. the games. that's, they can't have that's the probably yeah. So that's why that's why they're doing uh, that's why they're doing it. So it probably will be Saturday again. So now they they move them this time, so they're going to get them acclimated to that schedule. No, no. It looks like every no? every game is pr- pretty much on Sunday next week. Every single one, all sixteen on January first. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. Maybe that's why then uh, there's a lot of the bigger bowl games because I know like Iowa's playing in like the Outback Bowl. Iowa's not a bigger bowl game this year. Um, hello, Calm down. Janu- <laughs> that's usually a January first bowl game, which yeah. is now a January second bowl game. What my point is, it's like there's like the Outback Capital. There's like all these are all like the up to and they lead up to like the Orange Bowl at the. End I've the- always been very impressed with your bowl game, Houdini. Hey man, <laughs> strong, <laughs> strong. Running, nice. running. Um, yeah, well, happy. Uh, one thing that is interesting, happy, uh, it, it, real late Hanukkah this year. Well, it, it, it varies every year. It goes so. by what, like moon calendar? The lunar calendar, yeah. Lunar? Like, yeah. wasn't it like three years ago? Wasn't it at the end of November? Yeah, well, because it's a lunar calendar, and at the same time, too, like, I think how it works, I'm not, not 100% sure about this, but there's, uh, you know, we have, like, leap year. 
they actually have like a leap month eventually. So like after a certain number of cycles, they actually like moves back a whole month, and that's how it kind of resets. Back. Were you supposed to learn that shit in order for so you to get all that money that you got for your yeah. bar mitzvah? <laughs> no, I had to learn. I had to read the haftorah. I didn't have to. I didn't have to know about. You didn't all really have to things. know anything. You just got to be able to memorize shit. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> and don't mess up in front of uh, in front of everyone because your parents are uh, expecting you to do well. Like so. the checks. Everyone in the audience is holding <laughs> their check, ready to rip it. <laughs> All right, Dolphins. Let's talk about them. They're heading up to Bill's own. Ooh, the Miami guys are hating it. They're like, fuck, week 16? Why couldn't we have them coming here? Uh, Moore. Moore looks pretty pretty capable for uh, getting some uh, fantasy football action happening uh, for their offense. And the thing about Moore is he likes to take shots downfield. We saw that happen. We saw the deep ball to Kenny Stills. We saw the deep uh, you know, shot to Landry. We saw a couple shots to Parker. We saw Deion Sims be involved down the scene. He just likes to you know, fuck it and chuck it a little bit. So I, I like that. And with these outside receivers, it gives you a little bit more hope that they're going to ca- connect on a deep one compared to with Ryan Tannehill. I think he's a very capable player. Uh, decent stream this week, but I, I probably couldn't do it. I mean, it, come, come week 16, it's hard to just commit to the stream, and if I do, I'm going to go with somebody with like a Kaepernick or so somebody with a little bit more upside. <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to do that either, but... Um, it's hard to commit to my uh, to more, though, for sure. I, no, I'm not going to commit to more. I, I mean, for me, I look at it, well, who did he play last week? You played a Jets defense uh, and a Jets team that's basically just bagged it in and, and, and is already into off-season mode about a month ago. So... You're going to be on the road against Buffalo, who is at least playing better football. Uh, Matt Moore, what's nice about him is, instead of like Tannehill, where Tannehill's going to make the mistakes and and is going to throw the ball into certain uh, coverages, Moore's just not going to do that. So he's not going to make, he's not as prone to as many mistakes, but he's also not going to give you highlight type performance, and I don't see him throwing north of 250 yards in this game. Yeah, but looking at it again, just from the scope of the game, it's Rex Ryan gets a chance to play spoiler, potentially save his job that everybody thinks he's going to lose, uh, you know, knock a team out of the wild card contention that's from the same division, sort of like he did the Jets last year in Week 17. So there's a lot for the uh, Buffalo Bills to play for. Also, when you look at the scope of the game, Buffalo can be beat up by opposing running backs, and there are a lot uh, better against opposing wide receivers. They're like the seventh worst to opposing running backs and the seventh best against opposing wide receivers. There's some symmetry there. So we'll see how that plays out. So I'm more likely to go with a guy like J.J., even though since you know he's lost Mike Pouncey and this offensive line hasn't been the same, You know he hasn't been the same. So you can't trust him fully, but he's at least a flex play type, wide, uh, running back two type, uh, with a little bit of upside as they've allowed, what, 16 touchdowns on the season? Rushing? Like also, you finally have Jay Ajay with not a horrible matchup. That that was like the last three or four weeks have just been, you know, you looked at them all going into it on paper, you're like, okay, well, this is not going to be a good uh, yeah. performance, and it's kind of what's happened. Yeah. Well, we got to think, let's talk about Landry quickly. He... Is he gonna is he gonna be able to perform against uh, this Bills secondary? I like him coming out of the slot. The slot coverage isn't the greatest there in Buffalo. Uh, they seem to rotate a lot of different corners, like Nickel Roby playing in the nickel. You know, coincidentally enough, other guys like that. But then you know, Gilmore started to really play better. 
So, you know, is he going to see Parker? I'd have to bet on that. So Stills might also have a pretty good matchup going up against Darby. But they could also move Darby a little bit in the slot. He's played there in the past. And then maybe, you know, see what Stills can do against the ancillary corner. But I also think this is a probably a good game for Sims, but he's not a guy I could trust right now. But he has had some top positional weeks and provided, you know, some touchdown opportunities. I, I, I'm just really not wanting to trust any of these guys on the Dolphins. I mean... I know that more you, you can look at it statistically. He had a great game. He completed 12 passes. You know, <laughs> when, you know Landry, yeah, he had the, the 108 yards, but it was one 66-yard touchdown catch. He only caught three passes, only targeted four times. So nobody had more than, like, four targets, I don't think, on, on that in that game. So when I look at that, I... And then I say, okay, we're going to go into Buffalo. I don't know what the weather conditions are going to be like for, uh, for the game at this point in time. but Not the kind that Miami players are loving. It's, I thought that last week would be a game where Landry would be a 10-target type receiver. And so I'm, I'm worried in that, in that regard for all those players. LaShawn McCoy turning out to be a league winner uh, in this year. Uh, just no question about it. Turning it on, been hyper-consistent, got a little banged up there a few weeks ago, but if you had him on your team, he was a big catalyst, and you uh, getting and moving into the finals and the championship round, killing it. Uh, is he going to be able to keep that up against this Dolphins D-line and D? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the things that are allowing over, what, 100 yards per game, rushing to opposing running backs, but they don't allow uh, rushing touchdowns. Just five to running backs on the season. So I'm a little bit concerned about his touchdown upside, but maybe that doesn't even affect him. Maybe that affects his, you know, vulture of a friend, Mike Gillisley, more. So if you thought about playing the vulture type play, uh, it's less appealing against this Dolphins team that seems to stiffen against the run in the red zone. No, I totally agree. Uh, that was one of those ones I had a bunch of people were calling me. What do I do? It was like a flex play with uh, with Gillisley in this, and my cousin even had it. He was like, I got McCoy, I got Gillisley, and I got. I'm like, play Gillisley. I said, he, he's what was it? Uh, but going into last week, so now with the touchdown, he's got five touchdowns in the last uh, six weeks. He, uh, but this matchup, no, that was the Browns. That you knew there were going to be at least 30, 40 yards for him, and this game. I don't know how many yards are going to be there for him, and you need that touchdown for Gillisley in order to be able to play him, and I'd say you probably got about a, maybe a 15% chance at best for him to get one this week. Yeah, I'm much. I'm playing McCoy just because you have to. Have to. He's just lighting it up in, ter- in terms of yards per carry. You can see the athleticism and dynamicism there in his game. Let's talk about the disappointing player. Let's talk about Sammy Watkins, who, you know, just – Dropped a couple passes when he had opportunities. And then other than that, just they're beating the Browns with the run game, gashing them for 10 yards every play that they didn't need to throw it to him. Uh, can you trust him in a matchup against this sort of beat-up Miami secondary, especially if you know Byron Maxwell's out? Yeah, against this secondary, beat-up as it is, no, I don't know that I can trust Sammy Watkins. I don't know that I can trust what the Bills are going to do with their passing game. Uh, the person who has become the the most intriguing player. No. Don't say it. Don't say it. It was just because it was the Browns. It was also. It's also he's been doing better since Sammy Watkins has been back. Uh, it gives him more opportunities to free flow. But I'm not going to talk about Charles Clay. Uh, but you did. I just. <laughs> but no, I don't. I'm not a big fan of of any of Sammy Watkins or anybody else in this. Uh, I mean, I think Sammy Watkins is what he is. He's a 
You know, wide receiver three with lots of upside, but he also brings along a lot of downside. But this should be a game where he has some success. I mean, the corners there are so beat up, they allow the eighth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. They shut down the run game a little bit more than they shut down the pass game. So I look for Sammy Watkins to have a bit of a rebound. So that means good things for Tyrod Taylor, uh, you know, who's an interesting streaming option yet again. Mm-hmm. Um you know, finished with the top 12 week last week. Not not the blow-up performance you were expecting because they didn't really need him. But this could be a game that's a little bit closer. He's more of the guy that I would say is a better streaming option than, than a Colin Kaepernick or a Matt. He always Brown. has been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else? Do you see, last thing on uh, on Ty God, you see him get nailed by the dude as he's running out of bounds? I would even call one, it him get nailed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the guy bounced off and he's like, See, I don't think he got penalized, but he should have. He just went, dropped the ball, and he was like this, just stared right down at the guy. Big linebacker bounced off him. Pretty hilarious. That's awesome. Let's go on to the next game, but before we do so, uh, have a listen to one of our sponsors. We'd appreciate it. All right, we got the Jets going at the Patriots, and we know what we're going to do before we do that. We're going to get something in my belly. Fine. Can I get you something? Uh, yeah, do you have the Beatles' White Album? Never mind, just get me a glass of hot fat. And bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia while you're out there. <laughs> yes! Oh, good. From, from one Chevy fail to a, che- a Chevy success. Yeah, you, you now you get a smorgasbord uh, of, uh, of uh, sound bites because uh, my go to website that I normally use is blowing ass for like the last uh, month, so screw you. I'm not even going to give you your name out because you suck. Yeah. Well, one, one thing I'll quickly say, and then we'll get into this um, this Jets game, is that uh, Bill Murray is opening a uh, Caddyshack-themed bar in uh, out by Rosemont and out by O'Hare. They just announced it in the last couple days. So I'm down for that. Yeah, why not? All right, let's go jet skis. Uh, Bryce Petty got clobbered, so is he coming? Is he back in? It sounds, like, it sounds like he's going to be ready for Saturday. He's going to be in the lineup, so that means you're going to see, you know, a lot of Robbie Anderson, um, and Brandon Marshall's going to fail to catch ten of his eleven targets. So that's going to be good for him. Um, and the only other guy you're looking at, it's pro- it's pretty much Robbie Anderson and Bilal Powell. Two guys who didn't really exist in the Jets starting sphere, you know, prior to last week or a couple weeks ago for Robbie Anderson. Yeah, well, uh, you know, and for Robbie Anderson, it's strictly all that familiarity that he has with Bryce Petty from all the time they've thrown together on the practice team. And yeah. it always seems to, to work that way. Uh, you know, where's the guy comfortable throwing the ball? He says, hey, I've been throwing to him all year. I know exactly what he's going to do. And you know what? As, as uh, kind of predestined, Brandon Marshall, I told you, it was just, it was never going to be the good times this year. You could just see it coming. I was talking about him as just like the ultimate cancer uh, in the locker room. And yet another year has gone in his career. And yet again, he will not make the playoffs. Um, so that means he's never been in the playoffs in his career? Never. God, that's crazy. So when you look at Robbie Anderson, he's had two of the last three games with double-digit targets. He had two of the last three games with touchdowns. Uh, the other game he didn't, uh, he almost hit the 100-yard mark with 99 receiving yards. So over the last three weeks, he's provided a pretty you know, good trend of what he's going to be. And 
He's got that deep shot ability. You know, they compared him to the preseason Randy Moss, like what he was able to put up then. So I'm excited to see him play and see what he can do uh, this week, uh, as it should be pretty good for him, except we saw Malcolm Butler just play shut down last week. But he's probably going to be more on Brandon Marshall. Um, the defense is going to respect Marshall more as of right now. But Anderson should get, you know, Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan struggled sometimes, looked all right last week uh, going against Demarius, but Demarius did have a pretty nice day. The, the good news is that it's always going to game plan into his favor. I mean, the Jets are playing from behind because their defense is not stopping anybody. The Patriots are going to score all over them. Uh, they're going to be putting this thing away early. You're probably going to get a, a good opportunity for uh, – probably mid of the third quarter to fourth quarter about a bunch of garbage yards and garbage drives when the Jets are already down by 25 points uh, in the game. So, yeah, I, you know, if you're looking for a nice shot, I would definitely say it there, for PPR especially. I mean, that's it for the Jets. Let's flip yep. over the Patriots. They have, you know, a, let's just say a few more fantasy options, putting it, putting it nicely. I mean, Tom Brady looks locked in against the Jets. He always seems to play well, uh, you know, with – Potentially an MVP candidacy on the line here. You know he's gonna put up some good numbers. So you're gonna you're gonna play Tom coming off, even though he came off what uh, poor fantasy performance against those Broncos. But we know how tough those Broncos are. Uh, the Jets are not so tough. Uh, then when you look at the other players, you look at like Legarrette Blunt. He's gonna have a mediocre game against the Jets. We always see them go with more of the passing backs. And go with the aerial assault. We saw Deion Lewis get, what, 18, 19 carries last week. Nearly get 100 yards rushing. So, he's going to be worked in there as well. Shane Vereen always used to have success running the ball against the Jets. And the quicker, more agile players seem to have that. But the guys who try to go brute force through the line don't have as much success. So, if I can avoid playing LeGarrette Blount, which I doubt I can right now, just because he's such a touchdown threat... I would. Uh, Deion Lewis, probably a hair over James White. But James White's still involved. They're still eating into each other a little bit. There's no real clarity there, despite the disparity in touches. Um, Wide receivers, right now it's all Julian Edelman. But looking at the matchup, it should also fare well for guys like Malcolm Mitchell, who had been on fire prior to the Broncos, and Chris Hogan, who's got that deep shot sort of ability. So I sort of like both of those guys as wide receiver threes or fours. And then Edelman, we know he's going to get the targets, but probably not the touchdowns. Better in PPR than standard. Martellus Bennett, you know, back end, tight end one with a chance for touchdowns. <clears throat> I like it. I think you pretty much uh, covered all the guys. Do you, do you agree or do anything else to do? All right. Good. Amen. <laughs> I'm, happy, I'm, I'm happy with that performance. I was waiting for Houdini to put up a hand up or something. Yeah, I like, no, a little, a little, I, I need one little minute. Um, question for you guys. Does Bowles save his job? Is he going to be the coach next year? I think so. I mean, his energy on the sideline, I love Bowles. I think he's a good guy. Uh, but he, you just he's kind of weird. He's, what? You just love Bowles. I, I we do. We can't stop talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I do. Um, I, I like the guy. I just I can't tell whether his game. He's got that. Like I can't tell whether he, he feels or looks like he's in control in game time. Well, I also, you know, what's surprising is just how much his defense has fallen apart this year because he's a defensive-minded coach. 
you know, that's one of the things that's going to be interesting because all the jobs right now for all the openings are going to offensive by the coaches. So, uh, quick pyro promo. I don't really have anything to say or talk about. Um, so <laughs> we're putting out a lot of yeah. good content. Yeah, we've we gotten out a lot of content through uh, the Super Bowl. Thank we'll, you. We'll do <laughs> rankings all the way up to the Super Bowl. Uh, different things, a lot of end of the season wrap up pieces. Whether it's things like ROI and how guys performed compared to their draft position, end of season tiers, just to see how those sort of shook out, end of season targets, which provides some more information in terms of like yards per target and some other interesting stats. Uh, also, along the lines, you know, power and numbers type teams. You know, we'll just do a lot of different stuff, a lot of recaps uh, of what happened this season, and then after the Super Bowl. You know, we're going to immediately start looking ahead to, you know, 2017. Or, tw- yeah, it is 2017. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Crazy. Shit. Crazy. It's going to be that in, uh, in 10 days, 11 days. Year flew by. Uh, thank you. Thank you for standing in. That My pyro promo was not nearly as good as yours. Good job. <laughs> All right. The Titans at the Jaguars. Well, let's start with the Titans and DeMarco Murray. Uh, is a is on the uh, pro the ball. Just play the guy. Yeah, He's play awesome. the guy. Made the pro ball. Good job for him, considering a long way he came. Remember last year, how he basically just sat on the bench for the Eagles, making a ton of money after signing a big contract, and now he's getting had a great season for owners. And, and he gets a pro bowl bonus. Pro, yeah, I'm sure. 100k. Was that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Good job, That's spray it? tan. Just 100k. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can't all be. Uh, Mark Ingram, no. his bonus. <laughs> we'll see about his bonus. Uh, but like the highest uh, bonus for a Pro Bowl is who's the Colts punter? Pat McAfee. Uh, he got 250k or something. Dude. Pro Bowl. Hey, hey. But he's so a, he made it, he but, made but it over the guy kicker. on the Raiders. Guy on the Raiders. Yeah, I got that guy's overrated. But King. But he's the yeah King. Everyone he's, talk, he's the best dancer. Yeah, he's got the good moves. He and, and he's banging. Kardashian. Uh, let's go to um, Mariota. Um, in this situation, you got to be loving him. Jacksonville's pretty stinky. Quick sidebar: Did Mariota or Alex Smith score more fantasy points last week? I owe you a dollar. Yes. 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 Don't be happy. Alex Smith scored eleven fantasy points. I, but I didn't <laughs> say that either of them was going to be was going to be good. But I said if I had to choose between them, I was definitely going Alex Smith. Uh, I hate watching Alex Smith. Uh, but yeah, Mariota, you got to play. You got to play him in this matchup. Uh, as far as uh, the Pyro Power Rankings, which is a piece that we put up every Tuesday, Stag Party delivered it today. I put it up on the site. Uh, as far as points allowed go, the Jaguars uh, for uh, quarterbacks are actually not too bad. I was gonna say I don't know that it's, it's yeah they're it's seventh, just... so they're right. They're basically the seventh um, best. Against quarterbacks, so they're they're actually kind of stopped there. They've been that's one of the things that they've been doing extremely well, and have gotten better and better throughout the season. You know, now that we finally got rid of Gus Bradley, though, you know, talk about another coaching vacancy here with. Uh, uh, didn't weren't we calling for his head like two years ago that he was one of the worst coaches ever on some of the dumb plays that he was uh, playing? Okay, let's move on. Gus Bradley's <laughs> not good at coaching. Uh, well, established. Established. Our boy Cino, who's a listener, uh, lives out in New York. He's a Jaguar fan and he's super excited. Although Cino, I saw you on Facebook wearing a Redskins uh, outfit. Hey, go figure. Hey, uh, I'm just saying that the Jaguars' defense is 
a little bit tougher than you think. Mariota, I don't look at this as like where he's going to have one of those uh, throw for 250, run for 50, throw for three touchdown type of games. I, I think it's going to be another one of those muck it up type games. You're not going to get the high end production out of him. You really got to hope for a rushing touchdown if you're going to get good fantasy production out of Mariota this week. I, I like Mariota a little bit more than that. I think Jacksonville, you know, is good against opposing wide receivers. But they can be beaten by other positions. They can be beaten by throwing to the balls to the running backs, which should help him out throwing the balls to Delaney Walker, who's also a pro bowler. Um, so getting the ball to those type of guys, and combined with his rushing aptitude, and just the fact that the Titans are playing for a playoff spot. They're still in the hunt. They need to win this. So they're going to go all out, and that means you know doing some things with Marcus Mariota that's going to allow him to have a big fantasy day. I mean, we looked at his schedule. We knew it was tough leading up to the weeks in the fantasy playoffs. This is where it starts to, you know, clear up just a hair. See, for me, I look at it as they're going to continue with the the tried and true method that they've been using, which is pound the running game at people, make people have to deal with the fact that Derrick Henry is a beast and gets a ton of carries as the game wears on. Uh, you're never going to, you're going to always have trouble stopping Demarco, and they're going to limit the amount of uh, potential for Mariota to, to be in a situation where he has to win it for you. So there, I, I, I just don't know. I, I think with the Jaguars, they're not afraid. But they're, with their defense, they feel they can stand up. And I think they, they feel like, let's just keep it close and we should be able to win it like they did with Kansas City last week. Let's talk about Henry, who in the preseason kind of was taking it, making Murray take a hit because he had a great preseason, getting a lot of carries. Everyone saw that beast of a body. Guy's huge. He's like he looks like Jadavian Clowney out there in the backfield. Uh, but friggin' a, as owner of Demarco Murray and those owners out there. It just sucks. DeMarco gets, makes these great plays and gets out, and he starts tapping his helmet from the four. And it's happened so many times this year, uh, especially it happened twice uh, on Sunday. And, oh, my God, he just gets you down. And then all of a sudden it's like, dude, work on your conditioning. All you need to do is one more play, and you're running in. And, God, Henry, the reason why Murray fell in drafts uh, back in August Came true in the biggest moments uh, out there. He has a good game, Murray, but all the touchdown and the, and the poaching went over to uh, Henry. Yeah, DeMarco Murray still did have a top 12 week. He's one of the most consistent players at the running back position, so you don't really need to worry about him. Uh, I think Henry also has some touchdown upside again. Uh, and then talking about the other players, I like Delaney Walker in this matchup. I also sort of like Rashard Matthews, but he's more of a wide receiver three. Uh, who, who needs a big play, but he's been that big play guy sort of all season long. Him and Mariota just seem to be on the same page. The rest of the receivers you know, aren't really fantasy relevant. And I, I just think Mariota can get it done and the running game can get it done all at the same time. So let's flip over to the Jaguars and talk about... Blake the worst keeper Blake. ever, Allen Robinson. Oh, this is just another two offense that has been so disappointing all year that you didn't get any of the production that you were hoping for out of anyone. Uh, it's still a complete mishmash as far as in the backfield. You're not, you know, do you want to start Yeldon? Now you got Ivory back. It's like, forget this. I don't want to start any of these guys. Blake Bortles is not going to be able to have that much success against the Tennessee Titans, who are a good defense and always keep it close and just don't let you. They are uh, awful against the passing game. 
So bad. Who is Titans? The Titans are so bad against the puzzle passing game. But does that even matter when you're passing game? It doesn't matter for puzzles. But it could be good things for Allen Robinson, who's sort of that dart throw. You know, he continuously gets targets. I mean, he he's got. But the last four weeks for Robinson, I mean, like we thought it, we thought it was bad all season. It's hit, it's hit the friggin' cellar over the last few weeks. I mean, jeez, Louise, what a. It's sad. To be honest, there's no. He's so excited. He he hasn't signed an extension with them. They'll probably franchise him one time and keep him around. But that guy is so out of Jacksonville <laughs> when he gets the opportunity. He's like, fuck this. I'm out. Um, let's talk about Hearns. He's out for the season, right? Uh, big play by, uh, I think that was a uh, return by Marquise Lee. 100 yard return, but he didn't have any other catches in that game of note. How many bad, I mean, over the, uh, we don't need to do it, but I think that if you counted up the amount of completions that Bortles has had over the last month, I'm saying that the, I'm saying it's going to be less than 40. Mm hmm. Well, Houdini, <laughs> talk about something and I'll look at it. <laughs> well, alright. You can talk about Gus Talk Bradley. about Alan Robinson. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't really want to talk. Okay, how about Marquise Lee? How about Marquise Lee, who looked like he was maybe going to be something and then he doesn't even get any targets, but he gives you a 100 yard kick return for for a score last week? Um, at least he's alive, and he seems like he's going to make it, have an NFL. At career. least you know what for him, he's the guy that had the resurgence. Where at least he, he came back from ninety three. He ninety three over the last four games. Okay, god damn it, still not that good. Yeah, you don't like Allen Robinson at all. You're saying he has no appeal. I mean, you're probably out of the playoffs if you have Allen Robinson, yeah. anyways. But. Could you start him as a wide receiver three against the Tennessee Titans, who have the worst passing defense like in the NFL? Okay, look, I'm not saying that he has no value, but as far as, yeah, you can start him as a wide receiver three. You better hope for a touchdown. Um, it's just, when you're looking at, if you're telling me, do I want to start him or do I want to pick play Tyreek Hill, who I picked up off of waivers or something? I'm playing Tyreek Hill. Absolutely. You know, I mean, like, yeah, it depends on other options. Always. That's that's always where it comes down to. And unfortunately, what's happened to Allen Robinson is that most of the teams that he's on, if the teams are in the playoffs, is because they did slot him down and not play him. The Titans have allowed a double-digit fantasy score at the wide receiver position in standard leagues in every single game but one this season, and that includes games or one game against the Jacksonville. Where Allen Robinson or Allen Hearns had a 15.8 fantasy point day, and uh, <clears throat> Allen Robinson had 70 yards receiving. All right, I'm sick of talking about Jaguars. Hopefully, they can. So uh, we're Jaguar out. fans. Yeah, pretty much. Let's get to uh, the next game, but before we do so, uh, do us a favor. Listen to one of our sponsors, or two of them. We're the one. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Let's get to the Vikings. They're going to be at Lambeau. This is uh, a game that uh, uh, week six or so everyone thought was going to be a, a huge momentous moment for people to be able to maybe the winner gets to ride off into the, uh, the North Division playoffs. Not going to be the case. The Packers, this game is important for it. The Vikings are out ski. Uh, Packers, are they going to run this thing out? Like like Mr. Rogers said, I, I, there's no reason for me to doubt it. 
You know, I think they're definitely going to, to run this one out and it's going to determine what's going to happen in Detroit. I think it's going to be really interesting. That'll be one of the most compelling games of uh, Week 17. You know who's going to run it out? Ty Montgomery. They're starting running back. I mean, that this is the guy they need to ride. We saw Frank Gore uh, torch these guys for over 100 yards rushing last week. Turbin got into the end zone two times. I love Ty Montgomery this week. If you could play him at wide receiver, he's a great play at wide receiver. He's like a yeah, wide can receiver. I bitch about that for a second? I got smoked in my big money league by Ty fucking Montgomery. When you when you get a wide receiver that has 16 carries for 162 yards and two rushing touchdowns against you, there's something wrong with the settings. That's all I'm gonna say. It's not. That's a running back. It's did, not a wide receiver. Did he receiver. have dual settings or did he have just wide receiver? What, what, what was your dual, dual? But he should be. They should real in season. He's not a wide receiver anymore. He hasn't been for like three weeks. They got to change that. That that really pissed me off. I'm happy the guy the guy that beat me. I love him and I'm happy for him. Uh, but, but you're not. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like wait, a wide receiver. He's got 15 carries. 16. That doesn't sound like a wide receiver to me. Anyway, I'm done. Ty Montgomery, you start him. He's a, another guy that could be a league winner for you. They, the magic that he, they were able to bundle up and create in that game against the Bears. Again, it's the Bears. But um, just the Bears shows have, that and they're good. I mean, the Bears are, are better than you would the think. The Bears too. have a stout rushing defense. <clears throat> they're going to run with that. Yep. The, 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 the Packers are going to try and use that model and what they were doing well, in that game. Let's let's bring it back to Minnesota. Yeah, because the, the <laughs> well, we're already at the Packers, so, so let's, let's just go with the Packers. So the other thing is that Minnesota's defense really just has where the, where is that going? Because it is not the defense that it was in the first half of the season. They really just seem to fall off the table. So I, I'm going to lay credence to you. I'll take Montgomery this week. I, I'll, I'll take the chances taking uh, Minnesota getting out of there, even though they they are. Living in Minnesota, they're not playing in Minnesota weather, and they're going to be outside there in Green Bay. So, um, yeah, I, you know, is, is it's not is it supposed to be ungodly cold? I don't uh, think so because it's supposed to be. We're supposed to get up to like forty six here in Chicago. Oh, oh yeah, all right, yeah. a celebration. I'm yeah, telling not the banana. That's Sunday, so they're probably on Saturday. They're probably still going to be like in the twenties, though. So you know, let's let's go back. Let's talk about the other pieces of the pass game. I mean, because you're playing Aaron Rodgers, you're playing Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams. Despite two end zone drops, you know he should have had two touchdowns. You're probably, arms. You're probably playing him every time he sort of comes off a down game. He seems to rebound, you know, real well. Have a nice fantasy day with either a, over a hundred yards or a touchdown. So I look for him to, you know, get back on track, especially with Jordy probably drawing the tougher cornerback matchup in Xavier Rhodes. But Jordy's been traveling a lot to the slot recently, which should give him some opportunities, you know, to make some plays. Especially if Harrison Smith's out of the lineup again, uh, he's a cog in their defense that they've been missing the last couple weeks. We saw how it affected him. But, yeah, Jared Cook's got some interesting appeal because Minnesota can be beaten by opposing tight ends. So I sort of like all the pieces in this Green Bay game, and I'm not really afraid to start any of them against Minnesota. Let's just see Aaron Rodgers get the ball out of his hand quick and do the things that Andrew Luck did against them last week where he just exposed tons of weaknesses. They were able to get running with a crap offensive line. Green Bay is a little bit better. And Ty Montgomery is one of the most elusive running backs in the league. 
And I think he broke, what, 16 tackles uh, against the Bears, which was like one per every attempt. Yeah, Just I insanity. Broke, I broke it. Uh, remote control. And he had over 160 yards, yards after contact. So that was just ridiculous, ridiculous, you know, showing by him. So that's a guy you got to start, you know, coming into this week. Uh, flipping Goodell it back to Minnesota. Goodell needs to make him throw on number twenty-eight instead of eighty-eight. Soon enough. Can, will they? Will they? Have, yeah, I guess he'll, he'll have to next year. He'll have to switch it. Uh, yes. Yeah, let's go to Minnesota real quick. Let's go through Minnesota. Bradford literally is the worst. I hate watching that guy. I actually hate watching Smith more than him. But some of the, he only had one interception, but there was like two of them that got called back. Uh, one of the interceptions he had was at the very end of the play and then gave Vinatieri a 50-yard um, field goal with seven seconds left. He's just atrocious. That team is regretting giving up a first-round pick for, for him. Hopefully, does anyone know the news? I mean, on, on Bridgewater, is his career over? Or will he no, be back but they're year? expecting a long, long recovery into next season. That's why uh, they traded for a guy with a two-year contract. Ugh. So well, before, before you get off of Bradford, because yeah. I, I, got, I got a little something for him. So yeah. let's give him a... This is uh, uh, Sam Bradford. Val, baby! Ooh, cracked the bottle almost. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The money we came here to win is right here in Reno. And a legitimate sporting contest where the best player wins because he's the best player. And we have the best player. Okay, and listen. We are going to do what we set out to do. We're going to win that tournament. Yes! I knew it. I knew you were a champion the minute I saw you ballish. I'm not going to ball. You are. You are such a loser. You're a bona fide schmuck. Look at me! <laughs> Sam Bradford, everybody. There you go. Look at me. I've got one. Well, that's a different character. Um, go on. Stags. What are, you, what are your expectations for any of these other freaking guys? I mean, I, sor- I sort of like Diggs, Diggs in this matchup, even though he's been, you know, a little bit on the downside the last couple weeks. I still think he's very involved in the passing game this week, like Kyle Rudolph against Green Bay. Uh, other than that, you guys could talk about Adrian Peterson, because I'm not. You shouldn't start the guy. I, I don't care what the reason is. If you think you need upside, look somewhere else. Adrian Peterson just doesn't seem to have it. This offensive line is awful. Uh, everything we've seen from him this season has been below average. Yep, and Jarek McKinnon actually looked better uh, in that game last week. I Number one, you, you could never have started Adrian Peterson last week if you were smart because, hey, first game back <laughs> off of injury... It's it's just it's never it never works out. If he didn't fumble, it would have been just fine. Uh, uh, it would have had he would have had some points. Once he fumbled, Zimmer's like, I can only, I only have one eye, but you're out. <laughs> I could I saw that, and the fumble came on a freaking great play. I'm I'm just I'm I'm more backing it on based on what Stags is, t- is talking about with the offensive line because their offensive line is not open to hold for anybody all year. The team's terrible. Do they I don't, do do they even have a run of, of of forty or more yards on the year? I don't think so. Probably not. Let's just say that Adrian Peterson in three games this season is averaging two fantasy points. Uh, I remember when I had him at the beginning of the year, it was one game, what did he have, like, uh, was it 19 carries for 60 yards or something like that? 19 for 31. 31. That's way too much credit. I give him way too much credit. The Vikings are the 26th ranked fantasy offenses uh, in the Pyro Power rankings. Not good times at all. They're scoring... 66.4 66.4 points per week. Uh, what about running backs? Where are they running the backs? The running backs, oh, Jesus. It's uh, That's 30th. 
12.7. So they're the third worst in the league. Yeah, uh, atrocious. Happy for um, Peterson. He was able to, uh, not Adrian Peterson, Patterson. Patterson uh, is a pro bowler for the special teams. Diggs, you know, they they probably in the next couple games want to get him over 1,000 yards. But other than that, it's futile. Johnson had a couple nice plays in, in this game, but you can't be playing him. So I say we move on. How about it? Yeah. All right. Um, little pyro promo. I really don't have any good ones uh, right now, but I, I'll just give a shout-out and a happy holidays to all the pyros and all the great guys who have been working hard. And I'll give it a special just shout-out to the late, um, our latest edition uh who's been really kind of cranking it out for our news feeds and helping us out kind of here and there, filling the gaps, and that's uh, the heartbeat. So Brad, thanks, uh, came in about mid-season and really said that he wanted to uh, help us own and, and build and make better use of our news feeds, which we're making some nice changes uh, to the site with that moving forward. Uh, they're going to be a much more viewable and not just be a Pyro Pro entity. So, Heartbeat, thanks, buddy. We appreciate it. Uh, Pyromaniac Mo and him became buddies on Twitter because Heartbeat listens to this show and has for a couple of years, and same with the Pyro Podcast Light. So, great work, buddy. And I hope you're having a, a good holiday down in L.A., and we appreciate all of it. So, uh, let's go to this next game, and that's going to be the Chargers at the Browns. Before you guys talk about fantasy football, I'm just going to say, today let's see that security guard jerking off. At the Chargers game? So, but somebody just forwarded me. <laughs> they, they, they forwarded to like a group of us and they're like, uh, hey, Chad, I didn't know that uh, they finally called you. It's like, no, my face wasn't, wasn't on, uh, on footage there. Dude, flat out. <laughs> was it Jamal Lewis? I don't know who it was, but the dude, flat out, he was like literally within five feet of the Chargers uh, cheerleaders, flat out jerking off. Underneath his pants, like holding, like sitting, like like he's he's basically holding his hands like this, and sitting watching, like he's being a security guard, had his hands down his pants, jerking off. Someone just had a video of the whole thing. It's on Daily Star. It's everywhere. The guy is so fired. He's probably you mean, you gotta get arrested. That's like yeah, that's like public masturbation. Um, yeah, this guy's fucked. Especially as a security guard too. Like we'll, uh, we'll have a picture of his face and his Facebook and everything on social media soon enough. But literally jerking off for five minutes to the Chargers. All right, let's talk fantasy football. So San Diego Chargers, they they play Cleveland, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I think you can start everybody. Well, let's make this real easy. Good times. Tyrell Williams, you should probably start that guy. You know, Dontrell Inman. Yeah, he sounds like a pretty good start. He's catching at least four or five passes, you know, pretty much on an every week basis right now. Um, Antonio Gates going up against the worst tight end defending team in the league. Yeah, you should probably start him as they, they really got nothing else to play for. Maybe that record comes into play here. But he did sign a two-year deal, so he could always be back next year. Because it looks like Hunter Henry is the guy I'm going to be targeting for next season. I want Hunter Henry to be my tight end. I sort of hope Antonio Gates comes back. Keeps his price down, but yeah, I'm gonna rank him probably as what tight end six, seven, eight, somewhere uh, in that range right now. Absolutely, especially as long as Phil Rivers is still gonna be there, which he will. Uh, yeah, this was that natural progression, and again with tight ends, where we see a lot of times with uh, the rookie wide receivers where they can come in and make an impact in their first year. Still with tight ends, it usually takes about a year to get their feet, and then they, they start to make a bigger impact in, the, in that year too. Yeah, Hunter Henry, I'm real excited for. Kenneth Farrow, you know, he didn't show up too big last week, but now he gets Cleveland. He handled, you know, basically 65% uh, of the snaps last week. 
handled 70% of the running back touches. So if you still need an RB2, kind of Farrow, you know, he's probably a good play. But Phillip Rivers is a good play, but this t- this is a game where they could get up and not need Phillip Rivers to throw it all over the field, and that sort of limits his upside. We've seen that from the last couple quarterbacks that have played Cleveland. They haven't been able to put up those elite performances because they've gotten up so quick. Yeah, the other thing is that Farrow is a guy that I think will be interesting because um, even if people had him last week and played him, they're going to drop him because of uh, you know the, the two fumbles, losing one of them, uh, just not having that great uh, performance. Or even if you're a DFS player out there, look for him to come in probably at a real low-end value this, uh, this week. And against the Browns, you have to like just, starting those running backs. Yeah, just play people against the Browns. It typically works out. <laughs> um, Travis Benjamin's got some appeal for a deep shot. He's sort of one of those maybe wide receiver fives, low-cost start throw types who could put up a deep touchdown. We saw that uh, sort of for the first time in a couple months uh, last week. Basically, that's all we got for those guys. Let's flip over to Cleveland, where I don't want to play anyone. Yeah, yeah well, I, I can't blame you, and I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time talking about Terrell this. Terrell Pryor is their most valuable fantasy option. Yeah, he's banged can up you, with a Can with you a trust finger? him? Not with RG3 at, at, at quarterback. I mean, the, the, the fact was, at least before, he was getting a good boatload of targets, right? Is he getting a boatload of targets now? No, no, it's, not really. It's, it's meh. It's the thing that, is, and you're not going to get close enough to him. He's about 160 yards away from a thousand, which is the only thing I can see them as friends and people that like him in the team. Maybe want to get him an incentive bonus or something and get that century mark. But I agree, it's, he hasn't been looking very good, and he's got a banged up. Doesn't he have a broken or a dislocated broken middle finger or something? Yeah, like he's that. got a messed up finger. So torn tendons and all that so, yeah, jazz. Tendons, yeah, yeah. Um, that sounds fun. Plus, he's also going to see Casey Hayward, the best corner uh, for the Chargers, who's been playing real well. You know, he's the guy who shut down Amari Cooper last week. So they're pro bowler Amari Cooper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll but, get there. Uh, yeah, I mean, Pryor has some interesting upside, but I think you know they're they're also playing a quarterback is to start RG three, but also mix in the rookie out of USC, Cody Kessler, get him some more snaps, see where he's at after that latest concussion so maybe you know prior get some more of those targets when he's in there so it could be a half for each of these guys or rg3 could struggle and then we see him so trusting either the quarterbacks is bad especially after rg3 is coming off sort of a top 12 performance you know basically because of one rushing touchdown but other than that yeah i'm not trusting anybody gary barnage was what shut out again last week Gary Barnage this season is turning into Gary Barnacle. Let's uh, not talk about this game anymore. That's it. And uh, before we get on to the next one, let's keep the lights on. All right, let's do our Redskins coming to Chicago, and they're playing our Bears. And let's see. Um, what, let's let's start with the from the top down. Cousins. Would you guys take three tickets to this game? <laughs> um, I'm not going to be around, but no. I would rather just not be there. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> I wouldn't take free tickets to any game. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous, too. It's like, what did they announce last week was like 16,000 no-shows. There was more than 16,000 no-shows. Just be honest. <laughs> you know, just say there were 25,000 yeah. no-shows. 
And yeah. the ones that all showed, and the reason why there were more people there were because the half of the people that showed up last week were, were Packer fans. Yeah. <laughs> now, you're not going to get the traveling Washington Redskin Nation coming to Chicago. I have a high... Uh, I think they just started letting hobos off the street in to fill the seats at, and once they knew that no one was coming in. But let's talk about the Redskins. Uh, the hobos are like, it's, it's warmer under my vibe. I thought you were like, knew that you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Redskins, just as an offense, when we thought they were going to be able to kind of light it up last night, uh, the wide receivers, the whole action just didn't kind of come together as maybe we would have hoped. Is this a redemption game for them? Does Cousins take uh, take take it out on these Bears, or the, the, is this going to be just whatever? I mean, they're still they're they're still in the hunt, right? They're hanging on by a thread. They need to win out, and then they need help. So it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs now after they pretty much controlled their own destiny going into last night. At so, home. Yeah, at home against Carolina, who'd been struggling all year, had a bad pass defense. Yeah, but I, I don't really blame any of the wide receivers. Deshaun Jackson had over 100 yards receiving. Uh, Pierre Garçon had 7 for 78. The only guy who didn't really do great was Jameson Crowder, who had caught 4 for 24, had a fumble. So depending on your league of scoring, you could have zero points for you. Um, you know, if you don't do that whole decimal scoring, which you should. <laughs> but back back to it, I, I like both. I like all the receivers a little bit. Garcon's been, you know, fairly consistent. Five for fifty. You know, getting up even more into the seventy yard range as of late. Catching six, seven, eight passes the last couple weeks. Uh, he's the guy who gets upticks without Jordan Reed. And Jordan Reed, you know, flailed around like a little girl all game, cried about his shoulder, and then took a swing at somebody, and you didn't see him anymore. <laughs> he flailed at that guy, and too. And hit him in his helmet. How did that, yeah. how did that work out for you? Closed fist. Like, My buddy needed him to get something like 11 points to uh, win to go on to the next round. We went and saw Star Wars Rogue One. Went quickly to a bar afterwards after it was done to catch the fourth quarter. He's like, How come he's not out there? How he looks up, he's like, He fucking got ejected. I'm done. <laughs> well, you're probably done with that performance when he was on the field because mm-hmm. he's basically only on in third downs. They're still limiting his snaps. Hard guy to trust right now, especially in championship week. If, if you're still alive, I mean, you got to find something else, in my opinion. I don't know if he's going to be out there for more than 10, 15 snaps. Uh, you know, he just he looks hurt. And yeah. it's hard to play a guy who can't raise his shoulder. And every time he gets, you know, touched by a defender, he's wincing in pain. So I can't trust Reed. So I'm going to put all my faith in Cousins and these wide receivers. Um, looking at, you know, Rob Kelly, he's a flex play again because the Bears are tough against opposing running backs, what not named time Montgomery. Um, That's just going to be, hmm, really? Yeah, I mean, but that, he's a wide receiver, Ty. So yeah, so that doesn't count. That's right, because it's 88. Yeah. If the, if the number was yeah. different, it would have been, they, they would have known what to do with it. up a bit more. Yeah, but uh, the Bears all season long have been able to stop running games. Uh, we'll see if maybe he can get a little bit more going, but I, I can't put all my eggs in that basket after that rushing performance against Carolina. Um, to even surpass 10 yards rushing on double-digit carries, it was ugly. Yeah, At least he, he did receive himself with the. He, he redeemed himself with the touchdown. Got what four for 47 in the receiving game, so a little bit more that we've seen from him there. 
But yeah, I'm putting my faith in the wide receivers, Cousins and Kelly as a flex. But can we can we uh, go to our Bears and can I ask you guys a question? Do you guys like Barkley? I like him not as not as a potential starter. Uh, I like him as a, a, a backup. I also like would like him if we do end up drafting a quarterback early. That maybe you use Barkley as the stopgap until you're yeah. ready to have that that yeah. quarterback step in. Yeah. Because the other thing that that you that you have to like about Barkley is some of the intangibles. That and this is what I was uh, actually listening to. Daniel Braverman uh, was on the score as I was as I was on the way over. Uh, rookie uh, wide receiver, and they were asking him about Barkley. It's like. He's a leader, you know. He just comes in, he commands. It's like that's that USC thing. When you're when you're there, you're the quarterback at USC. You're, you're the big swinging dick. Yeah, and you're and you're <laughs> groomed to be that guy who can come out and, and command a huddle and do all these things. So it's not like Jay Cutler at Vanderbilt, where it's like nobody really knows. You know, that's like not a winning program. It's not like you know. So yeah, I, I like it from that vantage point. And, and what he's doing too, we saw it last week. He's He's throwing the ball a ton because Dowell Loggins is just not going to fully commit to the running game um, and pound it down people's throats. It's ridiculous, but Dowell Loggins will not be the offensive coordinator of the Bears next year. I can guarantee you that much. He's got – now he has some weapons, though, too. Look, what, what have they discovered? And, and this is what's crazy, too. Barkley has been doing it with guys by the name of Josh Bellamy, Deontay Thompson, uh, Cameron Meredith. And now all Sean Jeffrey. And now finally back Alshon Jeffrey, you know. So, but who were the two guys that go over 100 yards last week? It's Tom Thompson and Meredith. Yeah, and Alshon, what is a top 12, top six yeah, wide receiver, go mm-hmm. with 89 receiving yards and a touchdown. And a touchdown. But yep. after basically they decided not to throw it to him for the first. Yeah, half. he was not involved until the fourth quarter. It seemed. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. So there was, like, was that one drive. I think he had like forty-three yards of it on like one. Or yeah. I think what he. I think Barkley had what three hundred and sixty yards. Three sixty-two. So that he he's essentially had big deep into three hundred-yard games. Like out of the what? How many games did he start? Five or six? He's basically at about eighty-five percent of the time. He's getting big yards. Hoyer, Hoyer did the same thing too when he was in there. It's like and it's, it's, all, it's also the game script. Cover. It's also the game script. The Bears are down. They're forced to throw. They trust the guy enough to throw. They're going to do it. Against Washington, Jordan Howard should be in line for another big game. Uh, what do you have? 83 yards on 17 carries last week. Very effective. Has been very effective pretty much all season long. We're very uh, psyched to have that guy. He looks great. I, mean, I think it's 29th in fantasy points allowed. Josh Norman should be on Alshon Jeffrey, yeah. which could mean good things for Cam Meredith. But I don't know if I could trust him as more than... You know, flex play wide receiver three. You're putting a lot of eggs in baskets of unknowns with the Bears. Well, see, but again, when we talk about that wide receiver three thing, it's like, at least from what I've seen now, and if I look at the game plan, if I know that that Elshon Jeffrey is going to draw Josh Norman, like when we're talking about Jordan Matthews earlier, I'd rather play a Cameron Meredith because one thing that at least I know with the Bears, what they're doing. When you have Carson Wentz who's throwing for 220, 100, last week was 170 yards. He's not thrown for more than uh, two touchdowns in any game. He's only thrown for two touchdowns in like a couple games. Here's at least Matt Barkley who's throwing for 362. He's thrown some interceptions, but he threw three touchdowns last week. He, he, you're going to get opportunities. I want the teams that are at least hucking it and chucking it and giving me opportunities for a touchdown and some yards. Yeah, I'm still going to play Alshon over Cam Meredith. 
Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm just talking about okay. Jordan Matthews versus Cam Meredith. Okay, uh, I got gotcha. you. I like Cam Meredith too because he should. Play, he's been playing a lot in the slot with Eddie Royal, sort of now on IR, but he's been missed the last couple weeks. Regardless, um, so I like him playing out of the slot. You should see a lot of Kendall Fuller, Kyle Fuller's brother, uh, and he's not very good right now in his rookie season. Now, are there any of the Fullers that are any good? Fuller House. They got there's like four, four of them in the league, right? That's why Stag's got Netflix is to watch the Fuller House. I watch it all the time. You see that girl Smoke Show? Which one? With the Stephanie. Uh, Oh, what happened? What happened to Kate and uh, Oh, oh, I, I, I was, I was, I, I totally forgot that there was actually a show where they revamped Full House. I'm sorry. Good, it's good. You're in your four. You're in your forties. Yeah, I, I, I should know this stuff. I just watch net. I just run through the Netflix. Quick thing I like about Barkley. It's not about fantasy football, but he's got that. Drew Brees touch that he's, he just puts the ball where it needs to go and we've seen even with those great numbers over the course of the last three weeks the Bears have done some of the worst almost f- cut them drops that we've ever seen oh. ever as a franchise I mean the drops that have been happening on this guy have been just uh, Josh Bellamy Her. alone yeah. has probably cost him at least close to 200 yeah. yards and, and a few touchdowns. Yeah. And us at least one victory. Uh, all right. So. Hey, tank wins. Tank, tank loss or tank losses. Yeah, I'm all about it. I, I, I like the close, I love the close game to say that, hey, we're in it. We're playing with everybody, but we're losing, so we're going to get that better draft pick. So, Lovey well, Smith would win four of the last five games, and we would, go, we would go down from the sixth pick to the 18th, and it was terrible. All right. Let's go over to uh, this next game. And uh, before we do so. Come on, Houdini, tell us what we got to do. Well, we already know you love playing fantasy, so we know you love playing fantasy on Draft. Draft is a simple daily fantasy app where you can do snake drafts, just like the one you do at the beginning of your season-long league. You can do drafts whenever you want. They last for just one day, and they take only minutes to complete. On Draft, you can play for free, or better yet, play for money. And get this, your chances of winning on Draft are over 200% better than your chances of winning on DraftKings or FanDuel. We've been doing drafts all week, you know, and all the guys that are out there too. This is a great time to do draft, right? You're maybe out of your playoffs. You still want to get uh, uh, another chance to play your friends and to go at it. Well, here you go. Uh, we just did one before the show. And again, with uh, this week and all the crazy matchups that were going on, you kind of figure out, well, who's the one you want to go for? My sneaky guy that I'm going for is I, I'm, I'm looking at that uh, Play anyone that's a running back against the 49ers, and I'm going to say Todd Gurley is going to finally have one of those games. Now that we have the fired coach and we have uh, rumors of Gruden, uh, I, I think that uh, Gurley comes to life, and so that, that's what I was all about in our, in our draft. So, you oh, know, I, I, I tell you this, guys. My uh, guy my guy was Evans. There you go. I like Mike Evans. He's got to bounce back, too, and he's got the uh, the nice matchup uh, going Saints. against the, uh, the New Orleans Saints. Um, so... Just come on out of here and join us. When you download Draft, be sure to enter the promo code PYRO, that's all capitals, P-Y-R-O. To download, just search Draft, that's all capitals, D-R-A-F-T, in the App Store, and it will come up first, or go to PlayDraft.com. Remember to enter the promo code PYRO, P-Y-R-O, when you download, so you get your 100% deposit bonus. Make sure you download Draft now. See you there. Right on, right on. Let's get into it. Falcons at Panthers. 
Ooh, man. Let's, I, you know, I, we like to start with the quarterback sometimes, but damn, your boy Devontae Freeman running with purpose. That guy just was uh, man-possessed. Uh, can he uh, keep this thing rolling up against the Panthers? Yeah, it should be tough sledding for him going up against the Panthers, but he's so involved in the pass game that it just doesn't matter. He's always so involved. This offense should be able to move the ball on Carolina. He's you know their main goal line back when they're not blowing people out. So I, I like Freeman, you know, just as much as I do every week. So I'm playing Freeman, Tevin Coleman. You know, he's more of a flex play with that ultimate upside if he can break off a long one, whether it's in the pass game or the run game. Expecting to see Julio Jones back in this matchup. Uh, so that could be good for the entire offense, except for probably Aldrick Robinson, who's been the guy playing basically Julio's snaps. Um, but yeah, Taylor Gabriel should be able in line for a deep shot against Carolina. Julio might make Taylor Gabriel even better. We've seen those sort of screen plays on the back side with Julio on the front side. Those have worked out well. So I'm excited to see all that. Uh, I, I just like everybody in the Atlanta offense. They're one. They're the best scoring fantasy yeah. offense in football. They're yeah. one of the best scoring teams in football. There's pretty much nobody I wouldn't play. Austin Hooper is probably the only guy I wouldn't play. You know, just because he's been inconsistent. He did catch a touchdown pass last week, but yeah, I'm looking at starting everybody. Uh, I, I don't really see a reason not to. Cool. And I'm not going to sit here and try to give you any reason not to. I think they're all solid plays. Well, because it's Saturday, it's a shorter week for Julio. They did say they're they're going to give him a speed test tomorrow, right, where they're going to see how that thing goes. So I think we'll know pretty much by Thursday, maybe Friday, if he's going or not. Uh, but keep your eye on that. That's been a bummer for owners that obviously he's well, top three pick. And, and here's the thing, too. the last two weeks, but... The guy who had the big week, you know, you said Aldrick Robinson. He's really the guy that really is dependent on Julio Jones. If Julio Jones is back in there, he's not a guy that you can you can play. Uh, if Julio's not there, then he is a guy that you can play. Guess what? Give me another. Bell's birthday. Pete, Dead Meat Thompson is dead. So is Mo Green, Natalia, Arzini. The heads of all five families. <laughs> nice work. Um, all right. I think we're done with Falcons. Let's go over to the Panthers' side of the ball. Sweet outfit by Cam. He said he was representing uh, Craig Sager. Uh, we'll give Craig Sager a little bit of respect. I love that guy. Um, rest in peace, my friend. Always an interesting uh, interview. I'm an NBA guy. Uh, something I saw in some of the news, and then I'll let you guys get into fantasies. Uh, during uh, Hank Aaron's uh, record-breaking home run, he was the one guy that was by home uh, home plate trying to get in there. It's like all the team was around him. Hank Aaron is Craig, a young Craig Sager in like a, an old London Fog like rain jacket. <laughs> Hilarious, uh, but yeah, Craig Sager. So you're piece. saying he wasn't the guy that was running around and no, shaking his hand not. on third base. Yes, this is not the case. Are you sure? But that, that's uh, <laughs> that's crazy, man. I watched uh, his last interview that he gave uh, a week ago or so. Uh, man, that's it. Cancer. Let's beat that fucking shit. God damn it. Uh, all right, let's get into uh, Panther side of the ball. What do you got to say about well, their offense? I'll tell you what. One of the guys who looked strong uh, was Jonathan Stewart last week. And I, would, when you look at this matchup, I don't know why you wouldn't think that he would have another good performance uh, against this Falcon defense. Uh, I, I like that you have 
again, the Falcons are this. They're not a great defense, so they're, that's why their offense is having to, to do is all the work that they that they have. And Cam Cam has now got Ted Ginn more involved in the offense. Greg Olson had a much better game uh, this last week. Finally, after being you know uh, two weeks in a row now that he's been giving you a solid performance after what was it five weeks in a row of like less than fifty yards that Greg Olson was was having. So I kind of like how they're tracking and their momentum. They're still actually, I think, mathematically alive. So, which is one of those things that's very important. One percent. <laughs> okay, but still. So you're saying there's a chance. Uh, this is a still a one o'clock game, am I correct? Yeah. So, at the time of their game, they would still be mathematically alive, so they're still playing for a chance. But, you know, this is also one of those things, too. I, 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 as bad as teams get, I want people to get over the notion of, oh, well, this team is so bad that it's just like they're just going to throw the game on purpose. Football players can't do that. They, they have to play for, for have any tape on yourself to have a job the next year. So that's just not going to happen. That's, it's always the fans' dream. And just understand that the guys are always going to go out there and try to win every game they can and play their hardest. Otherwise, they're going to be out of a job. So, yeah, I like Stewart. He didn't get a chance to play against them uh, earlier in the season. It was a Fozzie Whitaker-led show with some Cameron Artist Payne mixing in. Uh, Whitaker was able to rack up 86 receiving yards. But, yeah, I like Stewart going up against this rush defense. I like Cam going up against this pass defense. Uh, I like Ted Ginn and his deep ball ability since week 12. The Carolina Panthers' leader in targets is who? Uh, Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn. God damn. Uh, he's got 53 targets, uh, and that's not not since week 12, since their bye. Um, excuse me. But, yeah, he's the leader in targets since their bye week. They made it a point to get him more involved. We've seen that it's helped their offense. Uh, I think Ted Ginn's an interesting sort of wide receiver floor with a upside type of play. Um, Calvin Benjamin, he also has a great matchup without Desmond Trufant in the lineup anymore. We'll see if he can get back on track. What's he got? 751 receiving yards now on the season. So he's going to need two big games to get to Houdini's 1,000-yard mark. I and he's know. also going to need five touchdowns. So that looks a little unlikely. All right, fine. Rub it in. Who is that for? Calvin Benjamin. I mean, it, it, guy, guy started off the season hot, then just gone into the pooper. Pooper, scooper. Well, um, when, Ted, when Ted Ginn's leading your team in targets, that, that tells you all you need to know. Olsen's going to get uh, get over the century mark. Anyway, I think uh, we're pretty good on that team. Yeah, I mean, play Olsen. Uh, he's an interesting play uh, going up against Lana, who, you know, is not very good against tight ends. Olsen's a great play. He's sort of been a great play all season long. He's been a what is he, tight end one right now. He's in neck and neck battle with Kelsey. And they're all, I mean, the top, the top nine guys are all real close. It's, well, and the good thing for Olsen is that it, it was, it, if you look, it was, he had a good start to the season, and it was about a four or five week stretch. It was like an awesome start to the season. Yeah, yeah. but then it was like, was but then that five week stretch of like 32 yards, 38 yep, yards. Yep, yep, yep. So, so, but now he's bounced back strong two weeks in a row. Uh, I, I like him how he's finishing. Unless a lot of these tight ends have big uh, games down the stretch, these last two games, the numbers are way, way down in the top ten tight ends, like literally the d- degree of 50 to 70 points. 
uh, for, throughout the season. I think last year, uh, the number one dude. Um, Gronk had 180. Yeah, Gronk had 180. Well, and you also Gronk had, doesn't even have 80 this year. And you also had Tyler Eifert because of what was it, 14 touchdowns that he had last yeah. year? You know, so, yeah, you're not seeing it. All right. Well, let's uh, before we go to the next game, we we were gonna give you some audio and do have Stag Party do some Christmas caroling for us, but instead of that, we're gonna give you this. All right. In the first game of the afternoon Saturday games again. Wait, did you want some Christmas caroling or at least some music? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But can I talk about the music that I played though? Yeah. All right. So uh, we opened up with a hot Carl. That was the name of the song, Hot Carl by Orgone. Uh, this is a uh, Los Angeles-based funk band that's been around since 2001. Uh, really cool. They kind of have a, some, some different uh, ranges in their influence. So uh, kind of gave you the, uh, the Hot Carl uh, uh, infusion at the beginning. But I I'm hope gonna you didn't give me the Hot Carl uh, Just wait, just wait. And what we're going to close with is a great song, and it kind of gives more into the Afrobeat type, type of styles. So those of you that are familiar uh, with, um, with Fela Kuti, uh, you will see, you will hear some essences of Fela immediately off the bat in the uh, song that I close with, um, which uh, is called... I'll have to remember. While you're, while you're looking at that, I'll tell you what I'm drinking. I've got a kind of, as you like to call it, empty in the fridge. Ah, yes. I, I'm empty in the fridge today, and I'm drinking a Firestone Luponic Distortion. Uh, I kind of like this one. I think it's got a good uh, rounded flavor. I've got some um, Go West IPAs from Anchor Steam, so I'm doing a California thing. And then to stay in that, uh, I, I'll finish up tonight with uh, my Fresh Squeezed from Bend, Oregon. Um, good old, uh, what's the name of that brewery again? Um, spacing it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Deschutes? Deschutes. Yeah, uh, thank you. you. Uh, so, so ha, but that's what I'm drinking. What are you, what are you drinking, man? So I'm drinking the old Rasputin, because I am that old Rest. I am an old Rasputin. <laughs> and, uh, but the song that we'll be closing with is called It's What You Do. So. Nice. Uh, funky, awesome stuff. Check them out. Orgo. O-R-G-O-N-E. Cool. I was going to say, how do you spell that? Uh, cool. Let's talk about the Colts. And the Raiders. I mean, damn, this ain't a great game, uh, at least from a fantasy perspective. And I, I, I think, I think it's a good test for the Raiders. Um, what do you? Let's start with Andrew Luck. Came back, uh, exceeded expectations for sure. I think he's probably top five quarterback, right? Last uh, top ten. Top ten. Okay. But he was the first top ten against that Minnesota Vikings defense on the season. Wow. So that was an interesting sort of curveball for you. Um, yeah, I like they're, it. They're, they're players. Their wide receivers are just too fast. Yep, yep. T.Y. Hilton wasn't even involved in the <laughs> offense. What, 43 yards? Yeah. Didn't, didn't really need to be. Um, I needed him to be. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what happens when you win, what, 38 nothing. They, they just uh, smoked. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I like everybody. I like everybody on the Colts side going against the Raiders in what should be a shootout and a nice... You know, weather game in Oakland. I, I, there's nobody I really wouldn't play. Dante Moncrief, you know, already back at practice this week, so he should be back in the lineup. The other thing that I think is really intriguing too is again, you got the culture are still playing for everything. They need to win this game, but the player that I'm I'm interested in is hey, coming back to the Bay Area is Frank Gore. 
So, you know, first time, first time back now since uh, leaving San Francisco. Are you narrative streeting Frank Gore right now? You know what? I don't need to narrative. Do you need to narrative? Hold on. Do you need to narrative street Frank Gore? Frank Gore has just been Frank Gore, like he always is. But yeah, I'll narrative street it when he's going to come back and be able to play the game against uh, 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 the dreaded rival for when he was a. you know, the, you know, you may not be in the same division or everything, but the, the 49ers and the Raiders don't like each other. Gore will always have something uh, special to bring to this matchup. So I'm, I'm starting Gore. I like Gore this week. I look for him to go for a hundred and a touchdown. That's what I'm telling you. Bay Area, bring it home. What's going to happen uh, at tight end in this one? Is uh, Allen back? O'Doyle rules? Just Trubs all around? It's Trubs didn't, all around. Didn't, it's a three guy with a Eric Swope, former yes. basketball player sure. at the University of Miami. He, he's, yeah. a, he's a guy in dynasty leagues to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, if you can still make pickups, I'd pick him up now for future seasons. Who knows what's going to happen? Who do you yeah, need on his phone? Well, it depends. <laughs> the league will only have eight keepers. I can't I can't make that long-term move. But Yeah, he looked all right, though. He had that, I mean, he had that, he's he got, had that look. He's got great you know receiving ability he's got that you know leaper style body from basketball he knows how to use his body position and he's in the right offense right well i don't know if he's in the right offense they split the the tight ends up and you never know what time yeah but i like the i like all three of them but knowing which one is going to get it is the hardest thing to predict because it's been a different one each of the last three weeks Doyle's the guy in between the 20s. They like to use Dwayne Allen in the red zone. T.Y. Hilton should be involved. Dante Moncrief, none of the other receivers are viable. Despite a nice 50-yard reception for a tutty by Philip Dorsett. The rest of those guys, you know, the only thing is, is Turbin going to vulture Franco or again? No. I think Turbin just had some... some it, was, it, was, it was a... Don't say it's one game. Circumstance or... He's got a lot of vulture touchdowns on the season. It's not just once. Frank Gore only has four rushing touchdowns on the year. I just, again, I, I... Turbin has six. He's got Turbin. six. Oh my god! He's a straight vulture. He, like they but, play him at fullback, they give him the lead, and they. What happens is though. Here's what's happened. They give Gore the first opportunity. If he doesn't get it on the first opportunity, he doesn't get a second opportunity. <laughs> That's what happens. It's like it's the first down they give him a run. It doesn't work. Then they do. Uh, then they're going to bring Turbin in, and that's either what he'll uh, they'll do like a, a funky pass that doesn't work, and then they do the stupid fullback run like that, like you're saying, and he goes in for the score. Well, here's before we go over to the flip side of the Raiders and their offense, a game, something to consider is this could be the last game ever that the Raiders play in Oakland. If that whole thing happens uh, with Vegas, that would mean that this would be their last game because they're well, that week 17. They were saying they, if they were going to... Do Vegas, they're going to do one more year there? Yeah, they were saying if, if they end up moving to Vegas, they'll still play in Oakland until that stadium's built. Um, and if I was a fan and they made the announcement that they were going to Vegas, be like, yeah, enjoy. I would never go and play and watch a game. Yeah. Just empty stadium. Fuck you guys. You know what? And, and the Raiders fans are like some of the best fans that are out there. Talk about a fan base that's getting screwed by the whole deal just because uh, the cheap uh, city can't figure out a way to get them a stadium. They're, they're playing in them in the Oakland A's. If you don't want to support major sports franchises, then 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 get rid of them. Let, then let them. Then they should all move because. You know, you have the Golden State Warriors who are like, you know... Well, they moved. They're they're not in Oakland anymore. 
They just built a new arena. Yeah, where is that though? But the it's San still San Francisco on the. On oh, are the they? Wharf. Are they? Are they by Santa Clara now too? No, they're in the wharf. I thought. I don't think so. I don't know if they're on the wharf. Let's find out. But one thing I'll say about this, I agree with you. One, I think the only saving grace with the Raiders fans in this whole Vegas thing is Vegas is close enough, and these people are such nuts that they'll travel, and they'll be like, it's not, it's it's a lot worse than St. Louis going to L.A. It's like, you're, they're done with them. At least with Vegas, it's like, yeah, hey, all right, guys, we're, we're caravanning down to Vegas for the weekend. I mean, think about those but guys shit. that you know that are in the black hole. They're like, the guy who's the Vader guy, the guy who's... The guy with the spikes on the on the shoulder pads. Ta- I, I talked to him yesterday. I know him well. <laughs> they should get like a special exemption where they get like you know. Uh, the truth is, they they resubmitted a plan last week that everyone's saying just doesn't cut the mustard. Nothing's changed. I don't understand why, with all the money that's there in the Bay Area, all the money that's there, why one person that just bringing this all endless amount of money, like ungodly amount of money, doesn't say, fuck it. I'll buy the team. I'll keep them here. Well, I guess it's not for sale, but maybe no. it is. Everything's for sale. You don't think Al Davis' son would buy it? Would he would never, No, he could for, not. Not not for what Al Davis meant to football. He, the, the, Al Davis probably had in his will. You are not allowed to sell this team. That, that uh, Davis must always own the fucking Raiders. Yeah, and it looks like when you look at Davis' son, someone had to read him that will because that guy with that looks like a real idiot. <laughs> so they still, the Warriors are still in Oakland for now, but they're moving they're... to the waterfront in San Francisco in 2019. Right. See, but they just called themselves the Golden War- State Warriors, so they didn't That's call themselves ass. the Oakland Warriors. Uh, not Fisherman's yeah. Wharf exactly, but uh, 3rd Street and 16th Street on the wall. Well, that's, wow. I mean, it's, That's that, incredible. it's on the other side of the bay, man. That's <laughs> awesome. But yeah, they are Golden State. It's still, uh, it's still they're not they're not the Oakland uh, Warriors. Right. But I like your point. Hopefully they stay in Oakland. If they don't, it's not the end of the world. But this could be, I guess, I thought it could be the end, the last game there, and it's not the case. Let's go on. Derek Carr. They're making a lot of excuses. The pinky is, is affecting the offense. He hasn't been under center since he uh, dislocated that finger in two spots. Uh, what do you think? Latavius is, is looking better than ever. Right? Yep. Yeah, Latavius yeah. is the heat index top play of the week. Really? Yeah. I mean, Left Bell's in a tough matchup. Ezekiel's in a tough one. David Johnson's in a tough one against the Seahawks. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll change the graphic then. Latavius. I don't know why I thought it was Ezekiel Elliott that we had done him last week. But, okay. Yeah, Latavius is a prime. He's in a, he's in a great spot. He's scoring touchdowns. He's involved in the offense. We did see DeAndre Washington back involved a little bit last week. In addition to Jalen Richard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not Richard. Yeah, it's it's not Richard either. It's Richard. Mm. They, the, the pronunciation guy. Don't say that to me. It's not a nice word. <laughs> I, I can't do anything about it. <laughs> but uh, he was a little bit. Jalen Richard Matthews. Are we playing like same name? No, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> back to it. Back uh, to it. Reel it in. Yeah, Amari Cooper looks like a good play against the Colts, and so does Michael Crabtree. It, it does seem when Cooper has the tougher cornerback that it's always Crabtree. I don't think their Vontae Davis is playing well enough to be considered a good cornerback right now. Well, there was so, yeah, there was a number that I that uh, Mo gave me for his Pyro Podcast Light that Vontae Davis for Pro Football Focus is ranked like the 112th out of 125 cornerbacks. 
having a terrible season, so I wouldn't be too worried about him. But on the flip side, Crabtree leads the league, or is tied for the league lead, in drops this year. Yeah, He's so got to drop one to get started. That's how he, he wakes pretty up. Pretty much, it's true. <laughs> he always drops a third down pass early in the game or a touchdown, and, and then gets Just going. because I'm out of fantasy, I'm probably talking not enough fantasy, but how has the league let that guy wear that chain? I don't understand. How is that possible? And, and how is it that always, as soon as the game begins, he uh, doesn't have to have the shirt tucked in yeah. either, and he's got like the, the ducktails going on, like he's a you know. I don't know how that. I don't know Speaking how. Speaking of ducktails, they're talking about a ducktails reboot. Oh Jesus! Uh, all right, Stags. Stags, 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 I was I was banging chicks, and I was I was already out out an old man when duck, no, duck no, This is for you now because you are, you are now you are now the jerk. Honey, guess what? I wrote a song for you this morning. Oh, I'm picking out a thermos for you. Kids or Scrooge McDuck or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. You're right. getting close. Nice. But let's. Uh, that's all we got for Oakland, right? I, I mean, Clive Wolford, Michael Rivera were both involved last week, but not enough you, to be they, sort of they, fantasy they, relevant, yeah. and they eat into each other. They so yeah, it's these out. two receivers. Seth Roberts is always a threat to catch a touchdown. But other than that, I think you go with the two receivers, you go with Latavius Murray, and you got to like this matchup at home against the Colts for Derek Carr. Cool. All right, let's go over to uh, the next matchup, and that's going to be the Buccaneers and the Saints. And uh, before I do so, I'll just give a little uh, a little pyro high five to you guys. Wish you guys the best. It's been a great year. Uh, we're all excited here to uh, take a little bit of a, a holiday after the Super Bowl. We know that's far away, but things do kind of slow down a bit for us once uh, once this week is done. And um, you know, we work really hard. Hard as fuck. It's been a long season, and uh, I just wanted to give you guys a shout out and say I appreciate all the hard work that you put into this podcast, all the preparation we do on all of our content, all the off-season stuff, in-season, taking, uh, just sitting and instead of doing uh, life and wife stuff, and your girlfriend hates your guts, your wife hates your guts, my <laughs> oh, daughter, you're, you're starting to feel my pain there, so the, the girlfriend's giving you crap. Yeah. Oh, I didn't really, my wife was like, I really didn't understand when we first started dating, it was like... May 5th, Cinco de Mayo was our first date. And, so, and she's like, she didn't really have an idea of the, the true understanding. It's like until the first football season, and then it was like, now it's been like three football seasons yeah. she's gone through now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, God, I hate football season. <laughs> like, I hate pyromania. <laughs> Curse pyromania. But honestly, thanks guys. Respect all the hard work. It's 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 pretty amazing. We're building something great, and we need to, we're going to continue to make some of the great changes and. Um, to just make this a household name and keep building this brand. So uh, hats off to you. I, I, lo- I love you guys for all this stuff. So And all you listeners, we love you as well, but you have no idea how much uh, hard work that these two fellows in the room with me right now put into this stuff. And hopefully it's going to 
all galvanized this weekend with championship and you can hold that championship belt up in the air and be fired up for yourself and hopefully along the way we help you get there. So, uh, Buccaneers at the Saints. Wow, those are, these are two little like juicy fantasy games back to back. And uh, Buccaneers, let's start with... Let's remember they just played you know two weeks yeah. ago. It was a sixteen to eleven oh, low geez. scoring affair. That's right. But now we're in the Superdome. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the Superdome. I and what Drew Brees threw three interceptions last time. Didn't throw a touchdown pass. I don't think that happens again. We saw a huge explosion game out of Brandon Cooks. But let's first start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jameis Winston, yo boy, like him. I do like him this week. You know, this is this is a get well week as well for him. Um, even though they didn't play extremely well against the Cowboys, they they stayed into that game with the Cowboys all the way to the end. Took a benefit of a tip pass uh, to get the Adam Humphreys touchdown for him. But look, if you can get Mike Evans going, which they should be able to do. You now also have Doug Martin starting to look better last week as well. Doug Martin was crap. He's bad. And now they're using Charles Sims and well, Jacobs Rogers. He's a tough guy to trust. The Dallas defense is a tough defense. He had a couple good runs there in the beginning. Then they were falling behind. Then they were having to play catch-up. So they got, it got out of the game plan. I think he can stay more in the game plan this week. Um, you know, Has he ever really been fully recovered from the hamstring injury? I don't know. You know, because we're not seeing the burst, we're not seeing, but we're also not seeing the problem for him is it's the offensive line, and this is a young offensive line that they're trying to build. It's a lot of first and second year guys that are on that line, so it's a work in progress, and it's it's trying to to, to to form itself. I like Adam Humphreys again this week, though. I think that he can have a, an effective game. Um, don't don't count on a fluke uh, tipped. Uh, long throw touchdown, though. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but uh, Cameron Brait, here's a guy that has just been solid, solid, solid. And, you know, got rid of Austin Safari and Jenkins. They found their tight end right now. And, they knew um, what they were doing there. And, and uh, here's, uh, he has just got a great hands. You, you know, when the ball gets thrown his way, he's taking hits. He's, he's taking, always catching the ball. Giving himself out, so I, I like him big time this week. Yeah, Braid, I really like. He had an effective game against the Saints a couple weeks ago. Although it wasn't amazing, it was effective. Mike Evans, you got to like in the matchup, even though he didn't do much the last time they played. Well, we could pretty much say that about every single player in this game. Adam Humphreys, I think, missed that game against the Saints. We'll see. If, you know, he should be back fully. And, yeah, he could do some things. But, you know, trusting him in your fancy playoffs... Yeah, he just doesn't see great volume. Doug Martin rushed it 23 times for 66 yards and a touchdown last time against the Saints. Interesting factoid, Doug Martin has not averaged four yards per carry in any single game this season. Uh, So he hasn't been running great this year. Uh, And it's sort of, you know, he's had those up and down years, and this is looking like one of those down ones. Uh, but yeah, he's probably more of an RB two flex play this week against the Saints. But yeah, he does have a you know good chance at a touchdown. Mike Evans, you know, I think you just got to ride him. He's still one of the top five receivers in fantasy, even though he hasn't been seeing that same target share. One major change of the Tampa Bay offense early in the season, they were playing super fast, playing loose, letting it ride or die, letting Jameis Winston sling it, and now they've slowed the offense down. They're committing to the run. They're running it a lot on first and second down, taking the ball out of Jameis Winston's hands, and that's affecting Mike Evans' total targets. 
His target share is still right where it, you know, sort of has been. He's got the most targets for a wide receiver this year. But now that the overall targets the last couple weeks aren't in the double digits. Yeah, correct. That that they were pretty much every week uh, to start the season. Um, Cameron Wright, we talked about, like him. Let's flip over to the Saints. But before we do that, I got to crack up. Valverde! Well, that one didn't make a mouse. Mr. Phelps, today might be your lucky day. Yeah, our morning actor quit out of the boat, and we are desperate for someone to fill her old slot. Well, that's uh, no problem, because I have a lot of experience at filling other people's slots. Really? Mm-hmm. You mean you've uh, filled other people's slots before? Yeah, this morning. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> the ladies. That was, that was good. That, that was, was a good one. I was dying <laughs> on that one. Um, one thing to mention is that that, is, uh, that game is... Actually, the second highest um, over/under for uh, Vegas is the Tampa Bay and New Orleans. The highest one is that game we did before, Indy and Oakland. And the only other one that's up there in those fifties, uh, high fifties, is that Atlanta, Carolina. Any game Atlanta's in is going to have that fifty-two moniker, pretty much the way they're scoring. All right, let's move on to um, the next game. But before we do New so, New Orleans. Oh, we yeah, we got we got, yeah, we, we, we're, <laughs> we're not on getting the next fired game. up. Getting fired <laughs> up. Uh, uh, all right, New Orleans, do it. Uh, Drew Brees, you really got to like. You, you just saw him decimate uh, that Arizona secondary, uh, and they were just able to you know, attack the weaknesses of the second corner other than Patrick Peterson. Brandon Cooks' speed was really on display. He was running you know, wild, had a huge fantasy day. I think he's up to what, wide receiver six ahead of Julio in scoring now uh, on the season. So, He's a boomer plus yeah. play, but you got to keep him in your lineup because of that blow-up factor. And it should exist here because he's got those massive home-road splits as well. Um, so now he's back at home. you got to like him. Michael Thomas, you know, he's been very involved. I think he was one of the guys that missed uh, the Tampa Bay game, and that's maybe why this offense sputtered a little bit. Uh, back, back now... You know, effective catching a touchdown pass. He's one of their major red zone threats. So I like Michael Thomas. He's a top, he's a top ten receiver. How about Willie season. Sneed? Because Sneed I, was getting those red zone uh, hits last week. Yeah, Willie Sneed in the slot also has a great matchup. I, I like all three of the receivers. We've seen Kobe Fleener fall back, you know, sort of into the tight end two range because they're throwing to these wide receivers so much. Saying, you know, screw Kobe Fleener. You know, Mark Ingram very effective. Pissed off, just like all his fantasy owners, that they're pulling him at the goal line. For Tim Hightower, uh, who scored two rushing touchdowns, had a top 12 week. Uh, you want to play your conspiracy theory? Yeah. Now you can do it, because what was the Ingram bonus that he says that I wasn't complaining about? Was it 100 or 300 grand? Nah, I'm not sure about the number. For, was it 10 touchdowns? or He's, he's one touchdown one away touchdown from, from, his, from his incentive bonus. And it's a hundred grand, hundred grand, one, and, and basically they've been plucking him out for weeks uh, for for high tower. It's like it's almost like from top from management they're saying, "Hey, it must uh, be his eighth touchdown season because he's got three rushing and four on the air." Okay, just the three rushing touchdowns is sort of a surprise for Mark Ingram, but Mark Ingram's just been so good. He's averaging what five point one yards per carry on the season. He's still catching, you know, enough passes to be usable in fantasy. That's what's confounding Stacks is the fact that he's averaging all those those yards and he gets them all the way down there and then they pull him <laughs> they put I, I think he's I think he's trade bait this offseason. I, th- I think they're gonna be like, you know what, we're gonna, we can 
roll with Hightower, get some young buck in the in the third, fourth. Yeah, Hightower's going to be. What? Yeah, he's going to be old. He's old. He's old. But I just think he's going to be thirty-one. You know what though? Here's the thing: if they if they decide to do that. I want to. I want to be. I want to be that team that gets him. Yeah. Because you want to know what I see? I see uh, like Michael the Burner Turner, where people had you know, oh, you could be this, and then all of a sudden he went to Atlanta and then became this this really dominant type running back. Someone because someone who's going to want him is going to say, look, is if you look at a guy like Ingram who really runs hard in between tackles, who's who's a bruising type runner, is the Saints the best offense for this guy to be in? No, it's probably one of the worst offenses for him no. to be in. Who want to know who who would die for him? How about Green Bay? You imagine him, uh, where, where what they envision with what Eddie Lacy did. Imagine what Ingram could do. There's a lot. Situation. There's a lot of teams. Ingram, Ingram, <laughs> straight up baller. He is in the wrong system, no question about it. I think he could be trade bait uh, around draft day. So I got one more thing here to say since we got New Orleans here. Let's let's party. <laughs> Good coffee. I don't eat those donuts and beignets. But there's so before you go, I'll give you plenty of places to go. I think I'm going there in April, right around my birthday for Jazz Fest. Um, all right, the next game before we get there, let's uh, listen to this. Sweet, the Cardinals at the Seahawks. Whew, I don't know what to think on this one. The Cardinals uh, are out of the playoff hunt. Uh, one thing I'll say to start this one up. Did any of you guys see that Michael Floyd DUI tape? First thing I'll say is, how is that? How how are the cops allowed to re- release that so that we can see it? I think that's bogus. That quickly too. Just it's like, why should I be able to see it? But that video, if you haven't seen it, take a look at it. Michael Floyd this DUI video. It is it's scary, 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 sad stuff. Uh, but it. Worked out well for him. He got cut, and now he's on the <laughs> Patriots. So we'll see if they, uh, if he's a loafer and they can get him to work, uh, or uh, if he can become the next Randy Moss or Tom Brady. Well, I'll tell you what, for him though, if you want to talk about personal things, if you get a DUI and get cut by your team, the best team that you can possibly get picked up by, yeah. not not for playing purposes. Bill uh, Belichick has been this yeah. rehabilitator, rehabilitator uh, with Randy Moss, with Chad Johnson. Take the malcontents in and Corey say, Dillon. yeah, and, and 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 make them become more professional, professional and whatever. And so, if he takes it the right way, it could be a great thing for him. Great, I agree. All right, let's talk about uh, the the game. What do you guys think about uh, Arizona? Is the only person I really want to start, honestly. Who? David Johnson. 
Yeah. He's the only person I really want to start. Larry Fitzgerald's got a little bit of upside just because he plays the slot. Shouldn't see a lot of Sherman. Um, but he's even had a couple down games in a row. I don't think he's a top option. He's one of those wide receiver threes we keep talking about. Seems like there's 27 wide receiver threes and five wide receiver ones. That's about uh, right. But that's, that's the real problem um, You know, when you're setting a lineup is picking one of them. Uh, yeah, he's, so he's got a little bit of upside. And then also Jermaine Gresham, who's just been involved. He's, he doesn't have a ton of upside, but if you're looking for – you know, five for 50 type of play out of the tight end position. Jermaine Gresham could do that for you. The guys that I look more to is if you're looking for the, the sneaky, weird plays of guys that just have not given you any performance throughout the entire season, but now all of a sudden can give you something, we, we, John Brown and J.J. Nelson, okay? With Michael Floyd gone, John Brown had a huge game. And this is one of those ones that's like, man, been expecting you to do this. Go to Seattle now. I understand. That's 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 he the conundrum. He should see all of Richard Sherman. He's going to be with. He's going to be dealing a lot with him. But that's why JJ Nelson becomes an also an intriguing guy for this week. They're not strong plays. The problem is that it is Seattle. This is this is what the NFL has done, which is kind of really screwed with fantasy playoffs. Is that they've kind of gone to this formula of what it's been about three or four, maybe four or five years, where they're overloading the beginning and the end of the season with division matchup games. So you They're have doing to, that on purpose on that. Right, yeah, right. Well, because they want to have games that are meaningful, meaningful and toward the yeah. end of the year. But what it also does is for fantasy uh, aspects, if you have all these division games, it's like it's like Stag said, well, it's a, it's a yeah, shitty matchup for Ezekiel. It's a shitty matchup for the, you know. Well, that's exactly what happens because there's all that uh, familiarity Ouch, just yeah. between these teams that you're not getting – the boom performances, especially from your stars that you would expect because they're going against teams that have the most familiarity with them. Two weeks later. Um, yeah, question. yeah. with some of these teams not playing each other until weeks after week 11 and then playing each other twice in the last uh, six weeks of the season. Pretty it's, crazy. It, yeah, it's annoying. Question I got for you, David Johnson. We know he's a stud. I mean, he is literally a stud. He's got like 290 points this year, so 100 more than any wide receiver's got. Do you think where he's sitting, he's got over a thousand yards rushing already, he's sitting at eight hundred. Could David Johnson in the last two weeks, is there any chance that they're trying to get him the thousand thousand and become the third running back? Yeah, sure. Roger Craig. What else do they have to play for? They they've said as much that yeah. they're trying to get him a thousand yards receiving. And they're also splitting him out wide at wide receiver, giving him those opportunities, you know, not just dump outs uh, on our dump offs out of the backfield. They're giving him physical wide receiver routes, and he's capable of running them. So they're trying to get that for David Johnson. He's also such a touchdown machine. They're, they might be trying to get him 20 of those. Oh. Uh, he's just been disgusting for fantasy purposes. You know what's crazy, though? It's like, uh, it's like it, it just for someone like, you know, you and me, D-Rex, okay, we've been doing this. When you go back years, we're talking about 20 touchdowns. Like, oh, that's so great. But, I remember it was like uh, Priest Holmes, 28, and it's yeah. like, oh, no, we're going to go for his, who went for Larry first? Johnson. Uh, had 31. Uh, who was 31? Ladanian. Yeah, like, Marshall Falk used to average over 20. 20 something, yeah, it was. <laughs> we, we used to have to, we, in our fantasy league back in the, uh, the, the early rules. you used to have to, used to, we literally had players that weren't drafted. You weren't allowed to have them because you get that first slot and you get the top three pick. And then all of a sudden, like kind of like this year with David Johnson, uh, you have such an unfair advantage by just having that first pick. It's a hundred. But the difference is, he's not he's not allowed to be on a team. The difference is back then it was more 
you could predict it more. Like, because yeah. uh, it was like, uh, you had the Priest Holmes had a two or three year run. You yeah. had the Mar Marshall Falk with his ridiculous. Larry Johnson. Also, had three Terrell run. Davis was another one that had TV, like about yeah. two or three years that was just like unfair advantage uh, with Marshall the Marshall Falk. did it for five or six years. But yeah. yeah. It's. David Johnson, something special. Not only did I love his person, love watching him play, fantasy friggin' just, like, but, he's a god. But this is the other thing that's amazing. This is what's great now. And, and now I, I want, I'm rooting for him. I want 20 touchdowns. I want, let's get someone back to that point where they say, this is our guy. He's an absolute stud workhorse, and he deserves to be scoring all these touchdowns for us. Yep. Forget the specialists anymore. You know what? It's like, Let's have someone go back and, and, and give a guy the respect. And is it true? Is it really only Roger Craig still that, with the uh, Marshall Falk? Marshall Falk. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say there's two guys in the 85 year of the NFL. All right, uh, anyone? Anyone else you want to talk about with the Cardinals? Uh, nope. Yeah, no. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald beat out uh, Jordy Nelson to be the Pro Bowler. It's a little surprising, but hey, give the old man. A, you know, I think that's a longevity yeah, respect. Lifetime, uh, respect lifetime achievement award. Um, okay, let's go over to the Seahawks. It's not all pro, it's a, a pro bowl. That's the <laughs> difference. Yeah, yeah. not for sure. Seahawks, uh, let's talk about them. Finally, I came out of his uh, slumber, uh, Russell Wilson, uh, after a number of really subpar games, kind of lit it up on um, was that Thursday. Uh, yeah, thir last Thursday's game. It looks like the Cardinals aren't as formidable as we kind of once thought. At least that's at least true. Last though, like, yeah, it was. Yeah. But they also did give up three touchdown passes to Ryan Tannehill, made him a top ten quarterback. They they might just be you know packing in a little bit on defense. They're a little bit beat up in the back end. I, I like Russell Wilson enough this week. I don't love him, but he's maybe a back end QB one for me. Uh, but here's the thing: that the guy that I have the question about is. The guy who's coming out strong, the guy who you, people can pick up on waiver wires, especially if you're looking for a plug-and-play, Tyler Lockett? No. No, you're saying no. But who is, is Patrick Peterson going to be going after Doug Baldwin, or is he going to be going after Tyler Lockett? He should be going after Tyler Lockett because he plays on the outside. Well, but after you saw what Brandon Cooks did, wouldn't you and Tyler Lockett? Cooks didn't do it out of the slot. He did it against the second corner. So you're telling me that Lockett's <laughs> going to draw Peterson all game? He should, a lot of it. I'll be interested to see how that goes. I, I expect Baldwin to see a bunch of... Peterson doesn't go into the slot. Uh, Baldwin plays like 90% of his snaps out of the slot. Okay. It, it, that's just the reason why. So I, I like Baldwin in this week. Uh, but I agree that Tyler Lockett's like a wide receiver four with some upside dart throw in case they move Peterson around a little more. Um, and try to match but what if they the also look at Lockett and say, "Look at what Cooks did the week before." You know, Pete Carroll's not a moron, so I'm going I'm to. And Lockett's a guy that you can move all over your offense as well in order to game plan to say, "I'm going to get him away from Patrick Peterson and sure. use his speed and ridiculousness to to you know keep the momentum." Going. I, I don't think the Cardinals, you know, can do that again. Like it's like you've seen it. Now you can't do that. You have to make the adjustment, not allow the other team to. Uh, dictate terms to you um, But yeah, Tyler Ockett I like is that sort of interesting Upside play, but you know, Trusting him, we've seen a lot of games Where he's disappeared, but yeah Over the last couple weeks, he seemed to put it together Thomas Rawls No, god damn, that guy pissed me off But it, I'm more pissed off at that stupid Offensive line that Can you, can you let him at least get 
to two yards within the line of scrimmage before you let him get hit? No. <laughs> Jeez. Well, the, the defensive backs of Seattle are mad at the offense and offensive line, too. Um, sounds like... Actually, I'm... That's Denver. Yeah, that's Denver. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they should be a little bit. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Thomas Rawls should be... Then you're looking at Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham's got the touch, toughest matchup of the season going against the Cardinals. I think he had like five catches for 51 yards the last time these two teams played. He doesn't have a lot of upside in this matchup. They're allowing just three fantasy points a game to opposing tight ends. So expecting a huge blow-up game out of Jimmy Graham seems outside the realm of capabilities. But I, I still think you got to roll with him just for that. You know he's going to get targets and give you sort of a downside type of game. Cool. Yep. Love it. Um, all right, let's go to the next game. I don't really have a promo, so let's just get into it. We're running a little long anyway. So 49ers are going to be the, the last late game of Saturday, uh, and that's going to be the 49ers are going to be down in L.A. at the Rams. We know the big buzz right now, the Rams and Gruden uh, potentially having an interview, I think, tomorrow. That would be just friggin' awesome if that guy gets back into coaching. Uh, but in this game, 49ers. You know why it wouldn't be awesome? Because they were just on hard knocks last year and we couldn't see it. Yeah, but that's <laughs> and, and That's I, the only well, reason why Gruden would, 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 would decide to maybe come down. I don't want to be on hard knocks. Yeah, and you know the one thing, wouldn't you admit that he's probably like, God damn, I wish I did come here a year ago because we met once instead of fucking golf. No, he likes golf better. He did? Yeah, Okay. because he, he runs that whole quarterback. The you know, quarterback yeah, yeah, he liked the quarterback. Yeah. He had golf as you know what though? So that's one of the reasons the job may be appealing to him. Yeah, it's okay. also going to be appealing to him because of the paycheck that he's going to get. Number one, he's already getting paid like a coach to be on ESPN. Guy on ESPN. So you know that he's going to have to get paid more to come in. And, and L.A. has got to do everything they can. And the other thing is this. If Gruden never wants to coach again... There comes a point in time where you've been out of it for too, for too long that just you you know unless you're Dick Vermeil that all of a sudden you get the second <laughs> wave of white that someone decides to give to you. I don't know, man. That Gruden guy, he's a he's a grinder. He's a Gruden grinder. He wakes up at four a.m. He's grinding film. Uh, he, he, he this guy he just works. He works. He, he's like a coach right now. That was Gruden? a bad Gruden. No, you did. That's all right. That's all right. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Your mouth, your mouth looked like it. It didn't sound exactly <laughs> yeah. like him. You had that. Fortunately, mouth. people don't get the visual here, so we'll have to. <laughs> yeah, young guy though, 53 years old, so you can't wait too much longer. And let's be honest, if he goes in and he does 10 years, lesbians on us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Bring him, bring him over. Okay, show's <laughs> over. They, they, they arrived early. Fuck the last games. <laughs> um, 49ers. Can I say one thing here? Because like yeah. Kaepernick is the thing we've been... You can say more than one thing. It's, not, say it's not good for streaming here. When I look at Colin Kaepernick, you know, we were, you know, he was the guy who had been really coming out strong with all the performances that he had. It was about a... Uh, what was it? A four-week stretch from basically like week nine through week twelve. Uh, then he had the four-yard passing performance in, uh, in in week thirteen. And the last two weeks against subpar defenses, right? The New York Jets and the Atlanta Falcons. You're talking about for passing defenses. He's thrown for 133 yards and a touchdown, 183 yards and two touchdowns. Um, but he was a top twelve quarterback last week. Just because of the state of quarterbacking. Right? Well, because of the state of quarterback. But here's the point. The state of quarterbacking for him this week is shit. The Rams, <laughs> defense, I don't want any part of him. 
and which that means that I cannot have any part of anybody that's in that passing game, whether it be a Vance McDonald or Jeremy Curley or anybody else. Um, when you're looking at the running game, Carlos Hyde. I'm, the Rams are the Rams are just a, a, this is a the Rams defense has been sucker punched by their offense more than they have been a bad defense. Uh, so I. I am not wanting any part of really anybody on, on the Hides Hyde's the only one. I mean Well you have to be but you have to downgrade your expectation yeah, just because of the absolutely. match. He's a running back two, more than a running back one. Uh, that's all we really got for San Francisco because you can't trust any of those pass catchers. Um, you know, Blake Bell caught a big pass, your boy finally got a, a big one. And besides that, I'm not interested in anybody. Kaepernick and Hyde and nothing else. And even with Kaepernick, it's such a low-scoring projected game. This game has, like, what, a 40-point total over-under? Uh, under 40, actually? That I'm not really interested. Is this the going. lowest one? It's yeah. probably low. It's got to be close. And it's, it's, and a, it's going down yeah. from open. Yeah, it's one of the lowest ones of the week. And it just doesn't look good for fantasy purposes, so I'd avoid Kaepernick. Um, if you can, if you can't, you know, I understand. Definitely the lowest. I don't know. If you can't, I can't understand how you can't avoid starting Kaepernick. Well, here's... <laughs> There's got to be a way... Matt, Matt Moore? ...that you can avoid starting Kaepernick. Savage? Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> Tyrod Taylor. Come let's on. Flip. He's not available in a lot of leagues. He's only like 75% of right. leagues. Any chump... Flipping over to the side of the Rams... Todd Gurley has the butter matchup. Butter. But Todd Gurley rushed for what? 2.4 yards per carry against the same defense in week one? Yeah, they've lost some of their enforcements in, you know, Navarro Bowman and stuff like that. Week got one? Torched. Yeah. But I'm not going to make a comparison from week one to week 16 of what we've seen for this 49er defense. Okay, but Todd Gurley playing against the 49ers and getting shut down in week one. Because that definitely happened. Sure. This whole offense and, got and shut out. Remember what was it? Wasn't the 49ers shut the team out. the year before in Week One that like decimated the Minnesota Vikings or? or... Sure. So, I, and, I then, get what and, you're then, and then got rolled over the rest of the year. So they're a Week One team. Yeah, but <laughs> we have Todd Gurley playing against the same team this He's year. He's my draft play sucking. of the week. He's my draft sucking. play. He, okay, great. It's not like Devonta Freeman. Where he doesn't have downside. I mean, there's upside, but there's also a lot of downside that he's still just Todd Gurley. Like he's getting, he could get you still six points. But yeah, you could start him as a running back too. I'm uncomfortable with that. Maybe he's even a back end RV one. The rest of the guys, Kenny Britt, I really like in this matchup. So you don't think he's going to go for over a hundred yards and a touchdown? He could. <laughs> make, okay, I'll give you double or nothing on your dollar. He's going for over 100 yards rushing, not combined yards, not not this, and a rushing. I'll take touchdown. the bet just because it hasn't happened very much. This yeah, that's right. 100 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. All right. Noted. Noted. All right. I think. Um, what, who Ken, else? Kenny Britt, I like just because the 49ers give it up every single way. I like Britt uh, in this matchup. I think he's an interesting. You know, sort of play. Lance Kendricks, not really interested in. Tavon Austin, maybe he breaks a big one here, but he's still just a gadget player who doesn't get enough targets to be, you know, fantasy viable in any given week. I'm probably going to end up starting him, though. It's just because I'm insane. 
You know that Kenny Britt is ranked 16 at the wide receiver position, and it's so close. There's never going to be a week when you wanted to play Kenny Britt, and Kenny Britt's going to end up as the top 20 wide receiver. Well, you want to know the craziest (laughs) thing about it? Crabtree's number 9, and he's only got 8 more points than Kenny Britt. That's the point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's like a stack of all these guys that are within 15, 20 points of each other. Uh, Futile. Um, All right, I think we're good there. Tyler Higby? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's um before we go on to this next game, which is Saturday night football in America, uh, let's listen to this. The Bengals at the Texans. This is the second lowest uh, Vegas scoring game of the week. So Basically, they're thinking not too much is going to be happening as far as end zone and field goal action. <laughs> the, the NFL Network gets screwed. This yeah, is an they, NFL Network game. They, like NF, the NBC can flex in and they get to pull the Broncos and the Chiefs. <laughs> the NFL Network gets the Bengals and the Texans. But here's one thing I like about it. Green's going to be back, right? And Savage, Savage actually looks like he can make this offense for the Texans appear to maybe live up to some of its talent and potential. So I bet you this game is going to be better than we all think as far as fantasy uh, I like outlet. it. So A.J. Green could be back, which we mentioned. Uh, if he's back, I think you got to start him despite going up against one of the better quarters in football. And Boye, I think you just got to ride with the guy even if he's back. But, you know, coming off of injuries... It, it could be tough to put him in your lineup. I mean, I understand. You've had to find a replacement for the last couple of weeks. Maybe he's been good. Trusting a guy coming off a hamstring injury for you know that first game back usually starts slow. But I agree with you. AJ, I will, I will dis- disagree with that philosophy. You're in this situation, and the, and the reason why I say this is, what, does, what, what do the Bengals have outside of AJ Green but outside of Tyler Eifert, of any significance. Tyler Boyd seems to be hitting sort of a rookie wall a little bit. Um, LaFell is Brandon LaFell. So if, if A.J. Green's at least on the field, even if he's only on the field for, say, 70% of the offensive snaps or 60% of the offensive snaps, I still like my chances better at least starting him on my team because you know if they're around the red zone uh, – or taking a shot, Dalton's going to give him plenty of opportunities. Well, he, that's what he said. I know. I'm begging him up. And they're trying to get AJ Green in his first six seasons. But what I'm saying is, like, he, he's talking about the trepidation in that first game. I'm saying, okay, I thought you were. Just I'm not it. having any trepidation with him in the first game. If they play him, if they play him, all, I'll play him. If they play yeah. him, they're not going to hold. It's him. not like the Adrian Peterson where it was like we, me and Stafford texting back and forth on it. Do we start AP? Or, and I'm no. You know, I, I can't. I, Good conscience say I want to start him in his first game back. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, I like A.J. Green. I like Eifert again, uh, even though Houston's tough against tight ends. I, I, I After a one-catch performance, you know, last week I think you got to roll with the guy. Hill, Houdini, you know, I told you there's weeks where you like starting Hill. I don't think this is one of them. No. But he does have that chance to fall into the end zone from one yard away. So, that makes him a RB2 flex type, uh, and that's pretty much everybody. Did anyone, watch, did anyone watch last week's? And I know we're trying to not focus on last week, but the four downs in a row that they gave Hill. Yes, that's like literally the, the like I, I, it was like the half yard line, like boom, 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 unbelievable. I, 
I'm watching the, and I'm saying to myself, here's an aggressive runner. How can, can you, you not be that be? bad at the goal? He's not powerful. He's, not powerful. Oh, he's really got a body. He's not a strong guy. Well, you know what it is? Is that what happens is he gets out leveraged every single time. Too he, tall for his own good. He can't get down low enough to get that pad level to get underneath uh, any type of defender. And also, he needs to hold it off for like one more second. That let the play enough. like evolve and like let the, let some guys go down so he can jump over. He just goes right in. It's like it's just like it, it, he hits a brick wall every time. Anyway. He, needs to, he needs to watch Le'Veon Bell, who is in his division, and Ezekiel. But Le'Veon Bell, you see him twice a year. Yeah. Just watch his tape. Yeah. Here's the most patient runner in the NFL. A guy who. Is always looking for the hole, but allowing it to develop. Sounds like the ladies, man. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Let's go over to the other side of the ball and uh, Texans. Savage, the Macho Man Savage is starting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The uh, the Osweiler experiment. It's I can honestly, enough. I I can honestly see him cut him. They can. They, it, it physically cost them more money to cut him than keep him on the roster next season. But do you think so twenty-five million dollar right. cap hit next year keep compared to seventeen point four? If you, like, it physically cost them more money if he's but not on the roster. If he's going to be a pain in the ass about being a no, backup, yeah. you have to. He's, no. he's shown to be a good clipboard holder unless he thinks he's going in the game and Peyton Manning just straps his helmet back on. Oh. <laughs> Osweiler is one of these. Is 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 a, is a Modern day, uh, what was uh, Johnson, Rob Johnson, guy who had a couple big games. Someone signs him to a huge contract, Buffalo, uh, after he had a couple yeah. games by him, and all of a sudden you go, What did we sign? Rob Johnson big, took the biggest hits in the history. Doug, made Doug Flutie come back into relevance. <laughs> so, let's, let's go with what Talking about Tom Savage, I sort of like Savage. He's a guy who attacks downfield. He led all passers in the preseason and uh, passes 20 yards or more down the line of scrimmage, past the line of scrimmage. So he's a guy who's going to chuck it a little bit more, which means good things for the deep threat in Will Fuller, and it means good things for another deep threat in DeAndre Hopkins. We saw that Hopkins got 15 of his 17 targets with Tom Savage in a quarterback. His best game in, in 13 oh, weeks. Ridiculous. Pretty much. Can't can you even extrapolate? Just look at it. You go back, where DeAndre Hopkins. And I'll use DeAndre Hopkins as the barometer to determine the value of a quarterback, yeah. right? And when you look at what he's done with Brock Osweiler, it's been absolutely nothing because Osweiler cannot throw consistently the out route, right, that he needs to hit for the 15 to 17-yard out route that Hopkins was great at, hitting down the sideline. He can't throw it. He can't throw the deep route. So, Savage was one of the guys that you were high on when he came out three, three, as a rookie three years ago because he was this big arm guy and looking at the Texans and going, well, they need someone like this. And then they go to Hoyer, right? Hoyer was their starter. And Hoyer does not have a big arm or anything either, but he'll throw the ball competently downfield and at least put the, the, them in a better position. He at least had a better understanding than Osweiler apparently does not. Uh, <laughs> so that's where I'd like... They, as, as an organization, should look at Savage and go, give him a full opportunity. Give they're him gonna, a shot. They're going to. They're yeah. going to for the rest of the year. They're, they're, they're still should. battling for a playoff spot. Yeah. They're, they're the leader I, in the for clubhouse. Division, for Crazy. the division. I love the tweet that you sent out, Savage. You're like, 
And from the one-yard line, the offensive coordinator gives Lamar Miller an actual rush from the one to try and get a touchdown. And Lamar Miller rewards him with a touchdown. Right. Every fucking time. They start throwing and doing all this gadgetry from the one line all season. So dumb. Yeah, like, the guy's got over a 1,000 yards, but got just, what, four or five touchdowns on the season. And, and it sapped his fantasy value. And it, how does it make sense, too, with Bill O'Brien as a coach who came from the Big Ten? You were coaching at Penn State. Yeah. Run the ball. And he's got, he, he's been terrible. He's got. Was he thing, coaching Allen Robinson and making Allen Robinson great? Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. so. Um, one thing about Lamar Miller is, is his receiving. It's just like so, way, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, l- anyway, let's, I think we covered everyone's. Uh, I'm fedoras. blaming Brock Osweiler for that, too. The thing with yeah, Lamar yeah, Miller, he yeah. suffered an injury late in that game. We don't know about his availability yet, so it could be a combination of Alfred Blue and Akeem Hunt who fumbled, uh, and that should have been another Lamar Miller, you know, red zone play. But yeah, you know, those two guys could pair up to form a committee in case he's gone. C.J. Fedorowicz still trying to come back from that concussion. If he comes back, he's been averaging at least five targets a game since like what week two. Like this is a guy to get in your lineup as a tight end two type. You know, he's got some upside potentially with Savage. But if he's not playing, you have to grab and play Ryan Griffin. Eight catches, yeah. 85 yards last week. Look, they are using that that tight end as, as, as a viable weapon in this offense. And uh, Griffin is not the best blocker in the world, but my God, he's uh, able to beat linebackers in coverage and in safeties. Looks good. I Passing the eye test for sure. Um, all right, that one's good. If I don't know if you had anybody saw it. TMZ, ex-Texan uh, 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 running back, Arian Foster, retired, uh, caught him, him and his boys in a fight uh, yeah. by a hot dog stand. Check out this video. Really? I love Arian Foster. These guys, literally one of the guys is like 85 pounds. They look like they're 16-year-olds. Him and his boys are like, from what I'm... What I saw in the video are literally fighting like teenagers that we, we would go in and whoop the shit out of. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy, dude. Check that video out, uh, Arian. Come on, buddy. Uh, let's 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 keep let's keep the zen. Let's keep the zen and not fight at the hot dog stand against uh, guys that are a hundred pounds wet. All right, Sunday um, <clears throat> on uh, the Sunday games. Well, there's a lot of NBA, as we alluded to earlier. This is going to be Christmas Day. The Ravens at the Steelers. Bitter rivals. Bitter rivals. Division still on the line. Baltimore trailing the Pittsburgh Steelers just by one game. Yeah, and I I think the Ravens seem to have a chip on their shoulder right now, and I I feel like the the Steelers know they're underperforming. Uh, they, they're not playing to the, the, the caliber that they thought they would be coming down to the end of the season. This is going to be a good, hard-fought game. Oh, it's going to be. I, I really like this game uh, from a viewing standpoint. I don't know how much I'm liking this game from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, I get that. Uh, again, the familiarity and the style of these two teams just breeds. Usually, this has been. A, it would be defense, but. What it is, is it's kind of a, a mix-up against strength against strength, right? So the Ravens' strengths against, uh, against the run against Le'Veon Bell and the strengths that they have there. The, the one thing that the Steelers have had for so long has been the ability to have so many different weapons in their offense 
Well, now it's really been kind of limited to the BBB, right? It's, it's either Big Ben, uh, Le'Veon Bell, or Antonio Brown. And other than that, take kind of a crapshoot. You know, Eli Rogers stepped up last week, but he had been kind of non-existent in the offense for the, the previous four or five games. Sammy Coates has been just disappeared. Um, you know, Jesse James comes and goes with Darius Green. Um, and, he's a way, way to kick off with the concussion. Steelers. Right. <laughs> Well, he's, he got he got he's, he's, hurt, he's hurt right. He got, he's hurt, yeah, he got dinged up. So he's always dinged up. And, and in this matchup, um, yeah, so, it's a, it's a, it's it's. Let's start with the Ravens. You're gonna play your studs. Let's, let's start with the Ravens and go through go through there. So looking at the Ravens, this is a game that doesn't line up great for them. They've been uh, a heavy pass offense uh, as of late. Uh, Pittsburgh has, you know, been playing very, very well against opposing wide receivers. So you look at Steve Smith, you look at Mike Wallace, you look at Brashad Perriman. You know, they're all probably wide receiver threes. Perriman probably down, down the ranks a little bit more. But yeah, three fours for Smith and Wallace. Uh, tough matchups against those corners and against the safeties. Uh, it looks like a good game for the running back, but which one? Usually it's the tough in-between-the-tackle sort of runner. So maybe it's Terrence West slightly ahead of uh, Kenneth Dixon this time. But also, this could be a game where they get behind and Terrence West is taken out of the lineup and it's Kenneth Dixon catching all these dump-off passes you know, as they need to throw, but the, the corners are shutting down these wide receivers. And that makes it tough all around to predict the running back usage, which has sort of been all season long, and especially as of late, you know, just when we thought Kenneth Dixon had taken over the role, you know, Terrence West comes back and d- does what he did last week, makes it tough on everybody. Dennis Pitta, yeah, he'll probably catch five fifty, but I'm expecting more hurts. So I, don't, I, haven't, I, don't, I haven't looked at the Vegas Lions. I'm guessing this is probably closer to forty-three or forty-four point. Uh, yeah, forty-four. Forty-four. Which is dead saying they're not expecting a, a, as much production in this game. You know, and this, that's where it scares me. So when you look for the Ravens, um, where we saw the Steve Smith touchdown, I, you cannot count on Rashad Perriman at all this week. Uh, you know, Mike Wallace, I'm not going to count Mike Wallace out when you're going up against your uh, previous team. And always wanted to. Houdini's just driving down there. <laughs> but you want to know what? That's why they do this in week 16. <laughs> this is why they do it in week 16. To make you think about those things, because you know what? Um, wait, are, are, did I did I miss it earlier when I, when you wouldn't let me talk about Charles Clay playing against his former team in the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, but no one, no one. Guys will always get up against their former team, and you want to say no? Look at it this year. And he and he said f you to Chicago, and then all of us in Chicago should remember Chris Conti. Who basically said, okay. fuck you, I didn't like Chicago Bears. Score intercepted and they had the touchdown again. So you can look at Brandon Marshall against Miami. Like, this always, it doesn't always work. Yeah, it's but Brandon course, Marshall doesn't always. But, it's but Brandon Marshall in his previous game against Miami torched the fucking hell out of him his first game against him. I'm going to torch the hell out of my throat. And you made me have to go. Because I was, this is for you, D Rex. Where did you get that dress? It's awful on those shoes and that boat. Jeez. Jeez. Love that guy. 
Um, Mike right. Wallace did go for four, one twenty-four, and a touchdown last time these two play- teams played. We'll, we'll see if it can continue. Who did he draw on the storyline? It was narrative streets. It was a one. It was one catch for ninety-seven yards and a touchdown. <laughs> and you know what? I gotta give a foul fair day. All right. Well, let's. Hey, look. Look. He'll never make it this soon. Never. Not one chance in a million. Oh, I know, I know. But it's his ship now. His command. He's in charge. Boss. That man. Top dog. Big cheese. A head on show. <laughs> All right, stay for it. Do your thing on, on the Steelers. Yeah, go ahead. We'll, I'll, I'll shut up and let you have it. No, this. you don't have to shut up. Just oh, let him talk man. for a minute. So, the Steelers... <laughs> Le'Veon Bell has had one single-digit fantasy performance in standard leagues this season, and it came against these Baltimore Ravens. Although we did just see the Baltimore Ravens get torched by Ryan Matthews for, what, 120 yards and two scores last week. So maybe they're not as vaunted as we think, but, you know, over the course of the season, they're allowing just 80 rushing yards a game. Uh, I still think... You're playing Bell, duh. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Brown, you know he's probably a good play. I, I don't know why I would say that. He's <laughs> <laughs> probably just a maybe. good play. Yeah, I mean <laughs> he's just like one of the best wide receivers in football. You know the top fantasy wide receiver on the season. He's just been getting it done yet again. Uh, you like him against Baltimore, especially if Jimmy Smith is out, and he seems to play the first couple snaps of every game and then immediately be ruled out for the rest of the game. So. You know, I like, I'm taking my odds there. Sammy Coates, you know, showed some things last week, getting a little bit more involved. Uh, it's still hard to trust right now. Same thing with Eli Rogers, who caught a touchdown pass. Uh, tough to trust him come playoff time. Ladarius Green in that concussion protocol. Um, and Jesse James just hasn't been involved since the return of Ladarius Green. So, I, besides the killer bees, I'm avoiding this, but it is Big Ben at home. So here's here's what I want to give you though, uh, Antonio Brown wise. So let's let's look at history. I think you can look at uh, games played against a team when you've played twelve games against a team to, to to kind of get a track record here. So Antonio Brown and their twelve games against the Ravens, they're as a team are four and eight in those games. Huh. Uh, Antonio Brown has been targeted a hundred nine times in twelve games. With 64 catches for 744 yards. 12 games. You're talking about, so now we're talking about 60 some odd yards per game. How many touchdowns has he had in, in 12 games against? Under four. 10. Two. Yeah. He's only he's scored a two touchdowns. Well, but he's got seven against the Browns, and he's got seven against the Colts, who are not even in his division. Yeah. Um, so, two against the division rival there. Uh, yeah, that's kind of one of those things where it's like a lot of targets, but not as much action on. Uh, uh, I don't. It's it's again that familiarity type of a situation where you know I know everyone, a lot of people, you guys, in Antonio Brown got you in the playoffs and you're in this matchup, but he, I don't know that he's going to win the game for you this week. Good point. I, I think John uh, Harbaugh is is up there amongst the top three coaches in the league, so he knows what he needs to do against that team. Uh, we'll see. I think that'll be an exciting one. Christmas! Come on, let's watch it! Um, next, the second game on Christmas is going to be uh, that night. Wow, they actually, uh, they, that actually is Sunday Night Football in America. The Broncos, snooze fest at the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I'll start with the Broncos. 
Obviously, there's inner turmoil. The defense is keeping scores down, and the offense just it can't get it done. It's also a, keeping scores down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're not a championship-caliber team uh, at all. The running game is just it's just not really yeah it's non-existent. I mean, all Justin season. Forsett came in and pretty much functioned as the starter. Didn't do all that much to write home about, but was clearly better than Devontae Booker in the same game. Uh, if you're looking for a running back to start there, I think Forsett's you know over Booker right now. Yeah, um, he he's a better pass protector, and they're seemingly going with an aerial assault. And that means good things for Emmanuel Sanders and for Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas has been, you know, uber, you know, he hasn't had those big blow-up games, but in PPR he's a top-ten receiver and standard. He's, what, wide receiver 14? And he's, he's been much better the last few weeks than the, pre- the previous beginning of the 10 weeks. I mean. Still had that horrible drop at the end of the game. Yeah, but. He's had those. What he has done has been consistent. Yeah. He's had just one game this season uh, with 35 receiving yards pretty much every other game. He's had over 40. Uh, he's basically just, you know, one game he had 1.5 points because he fumbled in that 35-yard game. Every other that, it's pretty much been over five every single game in the season. So he's got that nice floor for you. He's going to give you a big number of catches, but Emmanuel Sanders has been the guy with the more boom-bust potential. We saw the bust last week after the huge boom the week before, but they're both both playable as wide receiver twos. Uh, I like them both against Kansas City's sort of gambling defense. You brought up the point earlier about how this, you know, you're not, it's, or or both of you guys have brought up the point, of, you know, wide receiver seven through yeah, yeah. This is this is up. They're right there, ten and fourteen. A perfect demonstration of this in play is looking at Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, Demarius Moore, in particular, is a guy who had, had been what a top five wide receiver, definitely top ten wide receiver. He's not giving you that type of production at all anymore. Um, you know, when you go from Peyton Manning when you throw 55 touchdowns in a year to now <laughs> in Trevor Simeon, you're going to be throwing 20 touchdowns a year. Um, so you're not getting those other extra production, but you're also seeing where you're just not getting that huge end performances because you're having this is where quarterbacks are so important. This is why Tom Brady will probably now, as, it is, as it's going to get. When it's all said and done, he's finally done. He'll be the greatest quarterback of all time. Already is. I, I mean, when you look at the fact that, what is it now, seven straight years in a row that they've had 12 wins with him at, at, at quarterback. And I, I think in that Eight time, years in a row they were they Is it eight years in a row that Eight years they've won their division. But seven years in a row they've had a first round bye. Uh, how many years in a row? Impressive. But how many years in a row that as a team they've had 12 wins? I think it's seven years in a row with 12 wins. Well, I think probably it takes 12 wins to get a first round bye. So. But <laughs> we'll see if those. But I think there's only two other teams that have 12 wins at least two times during that, 12, that, that seven year span. That's just dominance. And that's, it's Brady, it's Belichick, but it's, it's, the two of them together, that is just ridiculous. They're, and the they're unreal. They're absolutely, and when you especially what, consider in the salary cap uh, day and age. Ridiculous. What I think you'll see, and I think we covered this game, there's mm-hmm. nothing really to speak of in the tight end action on this. You're AJ kind of, Derby. Start that's a good on. hat. I like a Derby. You like Derby? Derby nah, hats? I, uh, I should go back. I should bring back the Derby hat. 
Yeah, it'll be a good look. Um, I don't know. Well, let's let's. You yeah, got anything else either. to say? I I think you're staying away from this team, and you're gonna see they're gonna clean house in this shit. The, the LA LA ain't happy. LA thought he was gonna be right back in the playoffs, and that defense was gonna be able to maybe win him another one, and just didn't really work out that way. So we'll we'll see. But I think there's gonna be some major changes there. Tell me uh, about it, because how how much does that suck when you have a defense that good? When you have Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, and you had C.J. Anderson at the beginning of the year, you know he's cleaning house. Yep, Emmanuel Sanders does have two games over 22 yard uh, points, so uh, he does have that explosion factor. So for my money in championship week, I, I I'd rather play him than Demarius. Um, Chiefs, uh, right when you needed him most, Kelsey. Uh, Going for five games of 100 yards or more, which would have been a, a new record for a tight end, didn't happen. That record sh- shut short. Uh, Kelsey kind of dr- dropped the dough on your forehead when you needed it. Uh, you know, it's it's. You're not going to be able to count on it this week either. This yeah. is unfortunately again. Well, you can't count on anything for this. No, this year, this not, week. well, where maybe? You know, no, I, I, yeah, where, yes. Where is the guy that I would trust the most? 100%. Denver has been exposed with their running game, uh, the defense of the running game. Uh, if I'm, I, I don't want to start Alex Smith. I don't want to start uh, Jeremy Macklin in this matchup. They're first against the quarterback. They're first, they're first against wide receiver. And they're first overall in points. Uh, the Broncos, the... But like you said, they are they're twenty second against the running back, so they're 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 they're, they're susceptible there just susceptible. because of what they're lacking is is on that inside run. If you can break through that their initial front four and you can get to their linebacker level as a running back, then you can start to expose them because you know with the loss of Trevathan there, uh, you know Brandon Marshall not being at a hundred percent, that's that's where you can really kind of expose them. I don't the other person that I think that you could Outside of Kelsey, because you know Kelsey, you still want to yeah. have to play. Yeah. But the only other guy that I would consider, because, and and this is the, usually the argument that we make about why you don't want to start a guy, but this yeah. is the only reason why a guy that you can start because he is kind of gimmicky. In, in Tyreek Hill, look, they gave him, the, he got the run. The only, that was the only touch he had that that yeah. uh, last week. He didn't get a catch. It was a 68-yard run. In my points. league, in my league, he scored me. It was a 14-point touchdown run. Yeah. <laughs> my league, he scored 18 points. What do you what do you uh, what do you got to say here, Stag Party? Basically, it's Tyree Kill, it's Travis Kelsey, and it's Spencer Ware, and avoid all the other pieces. Travis Kelsey, last time these two teams played, had 15 targets, eight catches, 101 yards receiving. So you're starting him against Denver. They're more susceptible to tight ends than they are receivers. Uh, Tyreek Hill is an interesting play just because they're using him out of the backfield. There, and that's where he got his touchdown run. It was on a counter play with a motion back. It was an excellent play design. Like, that was awesome to watch. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't touch the ball more, but they should manufacture touches for him. Also, the last time they played Denver, he, he was very involved uh, in that game. It was without Macklin, but we saw Macklin get back out there um, last week. But looking at him this week, he's hard to play. But wouldn't you think that Macklin makes Hill more intriguing because of having him out there? They have to guard against Macklin. Macklin's, you know, Hill is going to be more of that, well, if something happens. But Macklin, you can game plan to take him out. And if you can take him out, it's going to create more opportunities for Hill. 
Yeah. They just don't seem to use him in the passing game because fucking Smith's such a dud uh, with his with his arm. Yeah, but against Denver, what they did was get the ball to Tyreek Hill. What uh, do you have? Nine catches uh, for fifty-two yards on ten targets. He caught a touchdown pass. He had a touchdown run. You know, he looks like a solid play this week against Denver. I'd like to know the numbers from Smith on those nine catches he had. How far the ball traveled for those nine catches. Not very. Under 20 yards. (laughs) Not very at all. All right, cool. Let's move on uh, to our last game. And um, we did an ad before this, so we don't need to do one now. This is Monday night. Uh, the 26th, the Lions at the Cowboys. One thing I want to mention is that previous game, Denver at Kansas City, lowest scoring uh, uh, Vegas game. If I said there was another one that was lower I, earlier, what, what I think it? I did. It's 37 points. Holy cow. Yeah, I didn't scroll down. So the other one was what? A low 40. 40. This, yeah, the low 40s that I had mentioned before. This is 37.5, heading downwards. Wow. And that's at Kansas, Kansas City. So. They seem to be able to, whatever. Let's move on. Uh, Monday night, Lions at Cowboys. This, this is, is a low-scoring game, too. This is a good game to watch, but this is two teams that are playing at a slower pace, that are trying to keep the ball away from the other offense, and that's going to affect the overall scoring. So it, it should be a fun game to watch, but I don't know if the fantasy blow-up potential is there. Uh, looking at Stafford, you know, since that pinky injury, or no, middle finger injury, excuse me, he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass, yet, you know, hasn't been very good. Um, he also hasn't had Theo Riddick in those games, so we hope he's back. But it's a Monday night game. We're not going to know. So you got yeah, you, can't, you cannot up. be able to affect your lineup. You're going to be screwed if you're waiting on it because you're not going to get the news in time. Yeah, you're not going to get the news. I mean, your only real hope there is if you have Dwayne Washington, but even then... You know, That's not much of a hope. Yeah, you're probably playing somebody else unless you get words that Theo Riddick's definitely in the lineup. But if, if Theo Riddick's back, I think it gives a little bit of a boost to Matt Stafford. Uh, he becomes more interesting against Dallas. But uh, I don't know if I really want to play him. Dallas is stout against the run. So it looks like it's going to have to be an aerial attack anyways. I just don't know if I can trust Sam Bradford after his re- – or, yeah – Matt Stafford is playing like Sam Bradford uh, because of his recent performances. They've just sort of been limited. He hasn't shown those blow-up type games with 300, 350 passing yards and a couple of touchdowns to go with it. So that's what's interesting. Uh, Golden Tate, I I think he's an absolute play. Uh, We saw another 100-yard game out of him last week. Marvin Jones continuing to fall off the map, not being very involved. Anquan Bolden seems to score a touchdown every week or get real close. So I, I like his ability to do that. Um, so I'm interested in Bolden, you know, as a flex play. And then Ebron, Ebron's got some upside against Dallas. Not too much, but he seems to be involved. And there's times where they just constantly target Ebron. And that's something you like out of the tight end position. Yeah. Um, I agree, though. I, I just don't see the, there being a lot of fantasy production in this game, um, from the Detroit side, I guess Golden Tate would be my best play, just because of the fact of the amount of targets that he's getting right now. But other than that, I, I don't have a confident start on that Detroit side. And and Stafford, I'm not with that since that Bear game and that hand injury. It it really has been a disaster. Well, one uh, the one that I like a little bit is. Um 
I kind of like e- Ebron. Yeah, he, yeah. Ebron, I, I feel like he's getting a little bit healthier, and uh, Dallas is 27th against tight end. So, but it, it's true. It's, it definitely, it seems like the the whole Stafford for MVP and and the air it out version of this offense is kind of coming down to earth and normalized a bit. Let's head over to the Cowboys side of the ball and. Start with Dak. Uh, kind of had 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 some. It's his job, you know. People tried to formulate some news and, and have narrative street. I guess is what we call it. And people are saying, let's bring Romo back in. It's his job. It's 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 a foregone so conclusion. Stupid. It's so dumb, and uh, it should be. He uh, he had actually a, a good game last week, and I think he I, I can see him putting up some points in this one. Let's see where are the uh, where are the uh, the, Lions? the Lions. The Lions look bad on the season, but they have completely they changed. Pulled it together. Yeah, it, the, the, also the thing is, I just don't look. You look at the, this Dallas offense; it's all about Ezekiel Elliott. Right now, before we get in, into that, can I, can I just say, can I make a comment about the Salvation Army thing? Sure. Because tell me, as I'm out there and I had, a, I now have a Catholic wife. I've had to buy stocking stuffers and looking for stupid little gifts. You like, celebrate oh, Christmas. You don't celebrate Hanukkah anymore. I, I celebrate <laughs> both now. Is, is, is the thing. So I'm buying all these stupid little things, and I'm thinking to myself after I watch them jump in the kettle. And I'm thinking about, like, we have, like, this um, one of the gag gift type things. So we have, it's a cooler, like like a koozie, but it's shaped like a toilet. Yes, <laughs> so I guess you can drink out of your I toilet like. cooler. Um, I'm thinking of, you know, Salvation Army needs to, to hire him as their spokesperson now after this. He basically has, like, earned this whole thing. Create the, the tub with Ezekiel's head popping out of the tub. You know, They're already saying and, that it's and sales. You can, you can, and you'll sell that at Christmas time next year. And you know how many you'll sell? They they have the, what a sixty one percent increase in their donations yeah. in the week already after since this has yeah. happened. Uh, you will have a huge boon in your sales. Two days, for next year. yeah, that. two days. Plus, they fired off a good Twitter uh, little exchange with something I don't recall who it was with. But they're like, hey, uh, you know, Salvation Army, way to be subtle. They're like, oh, yeah, we're trying to f- feed 80 million families in the next year. No, <laughs> no, no, no time to be subtle. Yeah, the subtlety doesn't <laughs> apply. Appreciate it. Well, yeah. you know, and then you see the flip side. You got Le'Veon Bell and, and uh, OBJ. Right. I'm a little upset. Like, why isn't this guy getting fined for that? But it was kind of cute. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a you little sentimental. It was cute seeing Ezekiel and that little smiley face, that little Ewok looking face pop out <laughs> of that thing. It was perfect, but at the same time too, it's it's the it's this is where the NFL I feel like you need steps to on themselves. The NFL yeah. steps on themselves. The NFL is going to is going to you know hurt somebody else for doing something else. It's also fun to the league, but because this one, and you want to know what I don't even I don't even put this on Ezekiel for this. This is on, uh, uh, who is it? It was a Monday night. So it was Chris Collinsworth and uh, Al Michaels, right? They're like, oh, they shouldn't, the NFL shouldn't find him for for this one. This this is probably going to increase salvation. That's and what he exactly said. Exactly is what happened. See? Yeah, or the fine money should have went to the salvation. Right. Or Whatever. Right, but, but the, the, NFL, like the NFL should have said, we're still fining you, but you know what? We'll pay that fine 
But you know what? They're still not going to uh, appease OBJ and uh, LW. Truth no. is, all five money should go to the fucking uh, Salvation Army or whatever charity is. Who's, yeah. We asked on the show five weeks ago, where does that money fucking go? Send it to the Salvation Army. Yeah, Apparently, the teams keep it, by the way. Uh, suspension horrible. money? Like, we talked about it for Alshon. Apparently, just sort of they don't pay it. Uh, that's what I. So savings for the somewhere. team. So yeah. savings for the team. But uh, so we've got Ezekiel Eric, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's character right now in a crop top. If we change it into an Ewok, it'll be pretty good because you could do the hood, and then they yeah. got that little tunic yeah, thing yeah, around their yeah, necks yeah. anyways, so you yeah. can still keep the crop top. This is gonna be an awesome character. Yeah, like, can we also like, have him popping? Can we get? Him, what, what, will, like we get will we get the money going? Can we have him animated with the, with the crop top and the Ewok popping in and out of the no. bucket? Who do you need to pull it together? Hey, all right. So get back to fit one of my Rob, Rex Ryan Man. and Rob Ryan Tweedledum. All right, Tweedledum Houdini, Houdini, they're out of the league. We're fishing you back in. Reel it back in. I'm here. I'm your last game, buddy. Go ahead. All right. So Ezekiel Elliott, you're going to love to play him this week. He's got one of the uh, better matchups. Detroit doesn't allow rushing touchdowns. However, over the last five weeks, you look at Dak Prescott going up against this quarterbacking defense. Uh, They've allowed just 10.9 fantasy points over the last five weeks after being one of the worst uh, passing defenses in the league to start the season. They've sort of started to pull it together. So it, it could be a little bit of tougher sledding for Dak, but Dak's got such a pretty safe upside uh, that we've seen this season. So I, I like his upside and his ceiling um, this week. Des Bryant should be, you know, tough as nails again this oh again this week. <laughs> oh, too much monster. I like Des. Too much monster. Too much skull. <laughs> I like Des. Jason Witten, he might catch 10 passes and they can only go for 30 yards. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but, but, but hey, if you're in a PPR league, that, that's points. Uh, but yeah, I like him more in PPR than I do in standard. Uh, you know, Cole Beasley, he's sort of fallen off since that you know season surge. That I don't think he's trustable at this point. And I don't think Terrence Williams is either. I, but but do, do, let me ask you this. Don't you feel like it, it really seems like there's... A, a reins or a harness on this offense. Like, Dak had been doing a great job, but at the, at the same time, too, it's almost now like they're trying to make him into Tony Romo. When he was having a lot more success with having him run around, roll out, and do these different things, and, and you know, when they are successful is when he decides to actually run the ball, when he had the sure. rushing touchdown. Uh, was it last week uh, that yeah. they did that? So, that's where I want to see them do more. Instead of trying to make him be this prototypical pocket passer, which is not really his game. You have the amazing running game. Now, you know, you can play action bootleg. You can do so many different things because Ezekiel Elliott gives you that opportunity. I think they need to do it. A lot of these other teams uh, that we've talked about, um, Winston's been able to do it. You're saying they're slowing him back. They need to move. Uh, Andrew Locke has had more. They need to kind of, they need to do more of a hurry up action so he can be a little more free form because he doesn't make mistakes. And just get get defense tired. How James Winston keep, look? In yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. That's nice. Winston, Winston, Luck, when he seems like he's a perfect kind of guy, that he's a young buck, like yeah. just let him do it. So, anything else to say on these teams? Nah, I had something for you. It was. All right, well, guys, guess what? This is wow. If you're in your championship. Let's bring this thing home. Come on. Bring this thing home. Let's do it. Let's do it. I got my mouth. I got my mouth. I got my mouth. 
because if you can't hear what I'm saying, but I'm yeah. saying it. It's, it's, it's not in this house. <laughs> Did you hear it? Well, I'm eating a sandwich. But here's what I'll say. Tonight is the darkest night in 500 years. You guys I, thought that, I thought that article was six years old. Didn't it say 2010? You didn't see people giving you shit for this? Did it? <laughs> <laughs> and that was on recording. Oh, well, let's keep on. Fill it up. I usually check this stuff. Oh, I'm going to kill Dave sick if that's the case. So if someone sent it to you and you just... No, I see this stuff. You didn't fact check your, your sources? I usually really, really do that. <laughs> Hold on. I saw all the responses the dark, on Twitter. The darkest night. I might be an idiot. This happens when you're doing You well. might be the dark night It's now. 2010. I'm an idiot. Oh! I hate myself. I have not still, so, I have not deleted the OBJ tweet. <laughs> I might delete this one. No, I won't. Alright, so for those of you, six years ago tonight was the darkest night in 500 oh years. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought I looked. Oh, people a, keep sharing it. They're like, oh, you got me. And it's like, haha, I did it as a gag. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <okay. laughs> so, edit, well, edit. Uh, The closing I literally song. sent it as I was leaving the office, like, oh, that's great news. Sent it, rolled, and I was like, great. No fact checking. So, God darn it. Are we ready to roll? Go. Go the play. closing song is it's perfect. really the darkest the day of my life. <laughs> the darkest day of my life and, is tonight. And the song is titled for you. Thank you. It's what you do. Win that thing, guys. <laughs> we love you guys. Win it. It won't be a dark one for you because you're going to gleam in 16. Just say, like, find that gleam, gentlemen. Find, find that, that gleam. gleam. Roll Shot There we go. <laughs> Fail Akuti in the house with this one.
All right, so those of you that are still with us, we got screwed up on my uh, goddamn uh, sound bites from the uh, the horrible thing. But here's one from the original that was supposed to be Christmas Vacation was supposed to be the our our thing tonight. So I'm freaking out by it. Now I'll give you Chevy Chase's freak out too. If any of you are looking for any last minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I'd like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there on Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four flushing, low life, snake licking, dirt eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood sucking, dog kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat ass, bug eyed, stiff legged, spotty lipped, worm headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? Doesn't even sound. It doesn't even sound like Chevy Chase. It just, you know what? But here's the best one. Uh, what you were, here's the one that you were gonna get. Be right. You remember Ruby Sue? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Her eyes aren't crossed anymore. That's something, man. She falls in a well. Eyes go cross. She gets kicked by a mule. They go back to normal. I don't know. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.